now, introducing the Johnny Knoxville of Press Box. Today he entered the building not wearing a mask, and tomorrow he'll attempt to use the elevator. He's a real jackass. He is Glenn Clark. Good morning. It is a Friday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Hail, hail. The gang's all here. I'm Glenn, and he's Paul. Do you have that, that camera set up so that Cassidy's in the shot? I don't, but I can't. We should do that. We should do that because there's a lot of Cassidy fans. We got to deal with that. It's uh, it's over. No offense to Jordan, but frankly, we should give Cassidy her own camera, and maybe Jordan can like report from the, the next room or something like that, and we can get him on a I don't know a Zoom or something like that. I just uh, Jordan, unfortunately, you don't have quite as many fans of you specifically. I'm sorry. It's just the way that it goes. We get more fans of Cassidy than we do of you. It's just the way that it goes. Little Jordan's here. Cassidy is here. You know, I was thinking we need to come up with a nickname for Cassidy, though, and and I was learning some. Cassidy, grab your microphone for a second, and, and Paul will turn it on. Uh, Cassidy, you told me something that was interesting. Um, you you describe yourself in terms of the, your soccer team as being like the team dad, or the dad of the, dad of the apartment. That's what it was. Yeah, my friends, you, not with the team. Okay, that's what it was. But you you have two roommates. Yeah. And you describe yourself as being like the the house dad. Yes. Which is weird. <laughs> like that's a strange thing to describe yourself as. But it got me thinking. You do you have any idea who the mamas and the papas are? They were a a, a '60s band. Do you have any clue? Does that mean no. anything? I'm not. You, by the way, not bothered by that. There's things that I'm bothered <laughs> okay, by. Okay. This is not a something about Mary situation. Just <laughs> either one of you. Either one. No, of course you didn't. Of course you didn't. Didn't respond to my text this week either. Boy, we are we're batting a thousand <laughs> around these parts. I feel really respected here at uh, at, at God. Anyway, um, so Mama Cass was part of the Mamas and the Papas. Unfortunately, Mama Cass met an untimely death and <laughs> she choked on a ham sandwich. It's a whole thing. Oh it's, a, it's a true story, 100% true story. Uh, uh, Paul's trying to tell you to scoot closer. I mean, I want to make it comfortable for everybody. I don't want it to be that you're, you know. Um, I would like to be on camera, too. Well, no, I, I, if, yes, if, I would prefer that. Yes, right. I would prefer you both be in the same shot. I just figured there was probably a way to My stack it. My mom watches this show. Well, so. I'm not. that's not why I want you on camera. <laughs> um, I thought that maybe we could make a play on that, and you could be Papa Cass since you're the, the, the house father for your house. I'm ex- I'm, I could go with you're that. You're good with that? Yeah, you're all right with, with that. that. Papa Cass. Papa Cass. And Lil Jordan are here with us on a Friday morning. Uh, Jordan uh, is bailing. We ign- we organized this class field trip to go see Jackass after the show today. And last Friday, Jordan was like, hell yeah, I'm in. And then we asked him this morning, are you in? And he was like, well, you see, I got this other thing. And like, you know, I, I, I just, I was talking to some other people. And like, and he just, Jordan, just get to the part where you say no. Get to the part where you say, I'm not going. Doing the millennial, wh- are you guys still millennials? Or is this, are we on to a new generation at this point? I genuinely don't know. I don't know. Th- thank you, George. You could say it into the microphone. We're doing a show. I don't think we're millennials. I don't know what you are then. It, what's the next generation Isn't after like millennials? Gen Z or Gen- something? Yeah, Gen Z. So, no. so no, we, I, we're not Gen Z. Yeah. Then what are you? But I don't. I don't There's not a letter after Z. I, d- I don't think I'm a millennial. No, I think Gen Zs are after us. I don't. So you think you're still in Gen Y? So isn't Gen Y the millennials though? I don't feel. Or is like Gen Z millennials? Anyway, the moral It's all about how you feel. Yeah. yeah. I, th- by the way, there's truth yeah. to that. I've said that before. It's it, it's very millennial of you to not just answer the question. 
it's very millennial of you to deflect. Now, I'm going to give you an example. Uh, uh, Jordan, uh, ask, me if I'm, uh, ask me if I'm going to the Loyola basketball game tomorrow night. Are you going to the Loyola so, basketball game? So, like, the game? thing is, we got to do this thing in the morning, and then we got to do this thing in the afternoon, and then, like, it depends, because, like, the weather, you know, like, it, with the weather, and then there's, you got to think about the traffic, and then, um, I just don't know how I feel right now. Like, I'm just not really sure how I feel about everything, so I'm just not, and then, like, my friend, I was talking to my friend, and then... To answer your uh, question, yeah. I'd prefer some privacy on this matter. Just the answer the damn question that was someone very, asked That was you. a very millennial response. Yeah, it was, which was your response this morning when I asked you if you were going to the, uh, on a field trip with us. Uh, dude, I just, you know, I've been talking to my buddy, and, like, my buddy was saying this, and then, like, Jordan, get to the part where you say no. Just say no. Answer the question. It's a yes or it's a no. But thankfully, Papa Cass gave me a very direct answer. As Papa Cass said, I may have. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe. God. My mom says Cass Elliot, Mama Cass, was from Baltimore. Wait, what? I've never known that. She was born in Baltimore. How about that? I did not know that. There I've literally go. never known that. Unfortunately, again, met her untimely demise. Very sad. Very sad, this situation with Mama Cass. I, didn't, I never knew that uh, Mama Cass was from Baltimore. Did not know that. All right. Um, anyway, the moral of the story being we're taking a class field trip. At least Paul and I. <laughs> I say class, I mean a date, apparently. Can somebody else please come so Glenn doesn't get handsy? Uh, Oh, don't worry. (laughs) Don't worry. We're ordering the big popcorn. (laughs) I don't eat popcorn. There's no chance. I am very much. This is where I'm. I'm in many ways. I am most a dad. One of them is I do not. I do not get snacks at the movie theater. I refuse. I flatly refuse. Price gouging. Refuse to participate. I don't get food at stadiums. I don't get food at. I do not participate in price gouging. You're trying to gouge me. I'm gonna. I'm not not responding to it. You have reasonably affordable, uh, affordably priced food. You have food that's competitive with prices I would get it outside. I would be happy to purchase your food. But you attempting to gouge me because that's the way it works just says to me I'll have, I'll get me some dinner afterwards. I'll go get me some dinner beforehand. I don't need snacks at the movie theater because I won't support price gouging. It's not something I'm okay with. Very much a dad in that way. I'm also this is another problem I have. Parking. Parking's a huge problem. And I'm trying to come around on that to this day because I'm the type that will literally walk 20 minutes from where I could park for free on a street instead of just paying 10 bucks to park in the garage next door. I got to get better at that in my life because it's not worth it. It's not worth the length. I will drive around for 30 minutes looking for somewhere to park on the street so I don't have to pay for parking because I hate the concept. You want, me to, you want me to come to your establishment. Let me get this straight. You want me to come spend money at your establishment. And for the right to spend money at your establishment, I also have to pay to park. Now, how does that work exactly? How do, I quit a job once because of it. They literally told us we were going to have to start paying for parking at a particular oh. job. I, mm-hmm. at, at, at my job. <laughs> Jordan, I, like I was supposed to call I, on him. Yeah. Like, I, yes, Jordan. I, I got a parking citation mm-hmm. outside of where I work this week. Mm-hmm. And and be, there were no spots, so I had to park past like a yep. like a no parking here, and I got the citation. Thankfully, my boss is going to try taking care of it, but but at first she was like, "Oh no, if I'm, you want me, I'm if gonna, you want me like, to no. work, yeah. you better be able to have a spot for me in a, yeah. a car. Otherwise, you just don't want me that much. That's just the reality of it, and I will feel that, and I will move on and, and work somewhere else. If if I if working here requires me to pay for parking, I'm out. See it. It's one of the reasons I quit Ruth's Chris. I had to pay tolls and parking just to go to work. But tolls is one thing. Like yeah. you, you know, they don't choose where you live. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's uh, I got no problem with that. 
parking. You want me to be here, but you want me to pay for the right to come work here. Nope. Nope. Ain't happening somewhere. You clearly have never worked in New York. You're right. And I never will. Nailed it. Nailed it. What an argument. I I swear to God. When I left, it was a job I had in D.C. And it was a place I liked a great deal. Um, But they switched. At first, they were like, yeah, we got your parking. No problem. And then one day, I swear to God, they just sent an email like, sorry, you're on your own. That's all the email said. And I said, well, no, you're on your own because I'm not going to do that. And I literally got back a message like, well, you could take public transportation. I'm like, I live in northern Baltimore County. There is no public transportation to bring me into Washington, D.C. Such a thing does not exist. They were like, well, you know, you could like park in, in Greenbelt and then you could ride in. I'm like, no, no, no. You, you, you think I'm going to spend three hours trying to get to work every day. That's not going to occur. <laughs> You either want me or you don't. If you want me, you say, we'll pay for your parking. We'll take care of it. Here's your spot. You clearly don't care that much as to whether or not I work here, so I'm going to choose not to. So that's just the thing. That's just the thing. No movie snacks, no paying for parking. I'm trying to see if there's anything else that would be in my Bible. What else would I put in my... in the in No the, kink shaming. Oh, 100% no kink shaming. No kink shaming. Of, and anything that even sounds similar to kink shaming. If it even sounds like you're encroaching upon that territory. Like, look, man... You want to stick foam up your urethra to see what you can get going? You stick foam up your urethra and you see how it works. You end up in the hospital sometimes. That's the way that it goes. But uh, as we learned yesterday during our finish, this we're not we do not kink shame. Just <laughs> like I said, it wouldn't be the first thing I would try. I would try other <laughs> things before I got there. But I'm not here to kink shame. Oh. All right, so uh, we've done that portion of the program. Coming welcome, up, welcome to radio, guys. Coming up, coming up later on in the show. Uh, John Feinstein is going to join us. I'm going to guess we're not going to talk about these subjects with John Feinstein. Just a guess. Uh, John's going to join us to talk about the NFL situation with Brian Flores. Very similar um, to uh, to what he wrote about in his book, Raise a Fist, Take a Knee, the plight that minority coaches face. Jaguars going to go ahead and hire Doug Peterson instead of Byron Leftwich. Sure. Sure. Why not? Well, it's mm. a bit. It's got to be a bit. Like at this point, it's definitely a bit. They're just purposely not going to hire a single black coach. There's t- there's like ten jobs available this year, and none of them are going to end up going to black coaches. Didn't Leftwich remove himself from consideration? But the reason was because he wouldn't work for Trent Balky, which is completely understandable. Oh, I was under the impression that they were getting rid of Balky and bringing in his no, guy. No, no, they okay. they said he said, "I'll take the job if you hire Adrian Wilson. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to work for Trent Balky." And they were like, we've got to have us some Trent Balky. As you can see, highly successful, extraordinarily successful general manager. And the, the fan base loves him. Like, they're very much behind him in Jacksonville. They couldn't possibly move on from Trent effing Balky in order to get a good uh, head coaching candidate. Now, look, Doug Peterson won a Super Bowl. I, I'm not... The, the problem with all of these conversations is it feels like you're knocking the hire. It's not like anybody's hired Adam Gase this time around. Mm-hmm. It's not like any of these coaching hires have been so embarrassing that individually you say, what the F are we doing? Brian Dable is a very qualified candidate to become a head coach. Um, Josh McDaniels, we can have a debate about given his history, but I think that at this point he had sort of paid his due to get another opportunity to be a head coach. Like None of these... So Josh McCown, if he ends up getting the job in Houston, that one's a little out there, right? Like that one would be the first one that you'd say you truly hired a completely unqualified candidate instead of hiring, you know, a qualified minority candidate. That would be the first one, and it it's looking more and more like he's going to end up getting the job. Um, and who are they leaning towards? Who is who is it that Miami was 
who's going to hire? I think I saw something about that this week. Dolphins are going to hire. Um, uh, it looks like it's going to be Dennis Allen in New Orleans. But everybody sort of thought it was going to be Dennis Allen in New Orleans. And I know Kel- Kellen Moore, I think, is their second option, I'm pretty sure. Uh, I saw a name. I saw a name last night. I want to say Lock and Fora tweeted something about Miami last night, and I don't remember what it was. Uh, but the moral of the story being, it, it's insane. We're really going to get to the point where there's not going to be a single minority coaching candidate hired. Like, it's just, it's bat-ass nuts that given everything going on, that's going to happen. But it is kind of a what it is. Um, not a whole lot else I can say. We'll talk about it more with Feinstein later. Spencer Schultz from uh, Baltimore Beatdown is live at the Senior Bowl. Uh, oh, Mike McDaniel. So I guess that would be the one minority hire. There would be one in Mike McDaniel in Miami if he ends up being the guy. The um, Of course, uh, unless you ask Deadspin, because Deadspin said he was just another white guy, as you remember. And then they had to literally go back and say, ha, 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 we effed up, sorry, as they found out he actually is not just another white guy. He's biracial and would in that way qualify as a minority. Um, the moral of all of this, sorry, Spencer Schultz, he's also going to join us. Baltimore Beatdown. He's live at the Senior Bowl. We'll do our NFL draft segment with him. Um, all of these things being said, I, I have tried to avoid – I am a white – unlike Mike McDaniel, I am a white guy. I know it's very difficult to see, but I'm very white. I'm painfully white, in fact. And so my emotions about the subject – aren't irrelevant they're just not as relevant right like i think it's a joke i think it's insane the way that this is gone but it's not personal necessarily to me in the same way that it would be to someone who's black of course or someone who's latino or we're supposed to say latin x now i'm so, i haven't gotten onto that i'm sorry um it doesn't it doesn't impact me in the same way but it's nuts like, pretending like this isn't a thing, pretending like it isn't clear how much more difficult it has been for black coaches to get jobs or to hold on to jobs, we're doing to, to humor ourselves. The evidence is overwhelming. I don't know what's going to happen with the Brian Flores lawsuit. As we talked about the other day with um, Robert Boland, the most likely scenario is the NFL is going to look at it and say on surface... All right, there's enough there. It's not a great look for us. We don't really want to go through the discovery part of this. We don't really want there to be more questions asked. And as likely some other people come on to the lawsuit, they'll probably choose to settle it. But what does that mean moving forward? In choosing to settle, you're supposed to change policies. Well, they implemented the Rooney Rule a few years ago, and we've seen how well that's worked. It's done a a, a, a number for you know, token interviews for we got to do this because we got to do this types of interviews. But ultimately, most teams either know who they want to hire going into something. For example, the Ravens interviewed a bunch of uh, candidates for defensive coordinator, met the, but they needed to meet with the Rooney Rule, in fact. They interviewed Anthony Weaver, for example, at least one. Trying to remember who all else they interviewed for the job. But they definitely met the process of having a Rooney Rule interview. But all along, they were going to hire Mike McDonald. That was their guy. When Mike McDonald left for Michigan, John Harbaugh had identified him as a guy that was going to be a future defensive coordinator in Baltimore. He was rising through the ranks in Baltimore to become a defensive coordinator. Then he went to Michigan, and he did an unbelievable job as the defensive coordinator at Michigan. 
So was it was it fair to everybody in the process that they were interviewed when the Ravens knew who they wanted to hire? Does it make the Ravens evil for knowing ahead of time who it is they wanted to hire for the job? There's no simple answer to these questions. We acknowledge it's a problem, but there's no simple way to fix it. You're supposed to say to the Ravens, well, you're not allowed to hire the guy that you want? The guy that was coming up through your system? The guy that was on his way to becoming a coordinator? That doesn't make sense. I don't have the solution. I don't. I don't I mean, obviously, a lot of people don't. I can acknowledge that there's a problem. It's, it's clear. This is insane. But I don't know exactly how it is that you fix it. I certainly don't think the Ravens choosing to hire Mike McDonald is a representation of racial bias in any way. That'd be nuts. He was a qualified candidate for the job that came up through them. He worked his way up to becoming a defensive coordinator. I don't know enough about every other situation. I couldn't tell you what they were thinking in New York or in Miami. Well, again, in Miami, if it's Mike McDaniel, it's a different scenario altogether. I couldn't tell you what they're thinking in Houston. I couldn't tell you what they're thinking in all these other places. I, I just don't know them. I, can't, I don't follow them the same way. But if the Saints hire Dennis Allen, who's been literally in the building for years, then presumably they're, they're just hiring someone they know. I don't know how to fix that. I don't. I don't know how to fix it. I'm willing to listen to smarter people because clearly I, I can't solve the problem. Eric DaCosta is meeting with the media this morning. Um, it's the first time we've heard from the Ravens general manager other than when he's been doing those like um, those weird uh, videos where he's been checking in from the senior bowl. Um, look, man, I, I don't – I'll go through a few of the things that he said so far and we can just talk about it. Um, Eric DaCosta was asked about the Lamar Jackson. The, the, the only thing that's really going to matter from what Eric DaCosta says is whatever he says about Lamar Jackson. And as I said yesterday, I didn't expect him to say all that much. What he has said so far, um, this, is, this is coming from Jeff Zrebeck's Twitter. This is an unusual negotiation because I'm deal- I've been dealing with the player. For me to talk about any spe- specifics would be prohibitive. That's what I expected him to say. DaCosta said he's spoken to Jackson five or six times over the past year about his contract. Quote, we're working at Lamar's pace. There's a great line of communication. We will operate based on his urgency. That's really where we stand. So it's not an answer. And that's what I expected him to say. It's not an answer. Which we knew. We knew that, like... Until there's a deal done, there's not much to say in, into one of two scenarios. Either there's a deal done or they decided they're not doing a deal. There's not a whole lot more to say. All you can say is we're working on a deal. We're trying to get a deal done. If I'm Lamar Jackson, my urgency is let's get the deal done now. I don't know why we're wasting any time at this point. But we don't, we don't have someone to talk to about Lamar Jackson's urgency. It's the reality of the circumstances. We don't have an agent to go to to talk about Lamar Jackson's side of things. Say, hey, what does this look like? What are you asking for? What is the holdup and why a deal hasn't been done yet? We don't know. That's the problem. There's no one to go to to say, why isn't it happening yet? And there's no race for it to be done tomorrow. 
It doesn't have to be done then. There's no difference in being done tomorrow or being done a month from now. But if I'm the Ravens, as I said a million times, I want to get it done soon so I know what I'm dealing with. So the numbers are in front of me. This is how much of the cap Lamar Jackson will be soaking up moving forward. Make your other decisions accordingly. That's what I would want to be doing. As far as other things that Eric DaCosta has said so far this morning, he was asked about Antonio Brown. He said that he is very comfortable with where the team is at the wide receiver position and doesn't anticipate any significant additions. Which, there's two sides of that equation, right? Like, what do you call a significant addition? Presuming that they're moving on from Sammy Watkins, I do still think the Ravens should be in the market for another veteran wide receiver. I, I am of that opinion, certainly not Antonio Brown, but some other veteran wide receiver. So is that his broad way of dismissing Antonio Brown that accidentally dismisses I, I I didn't think Sammy Watkins was a significant acquisition. So if it's something, I, I think they should be doing better than Sammy Watkins in acquiring a wide receiver. Can Allen Robinson still get a, a sizable contract on the free agent market? Yeah, because he's big. I mean, sizable. I guess you got to define sizable. Uh, like uh, something out of the Ravens' price range. I don't know what their price range is. I don't know what their cap hit is right now. Um, but assuming something in the eight to thirteen million dollar range. Eh, I mean, there are teams that have money to spend. Maybe, maybe. I don't know. Maybe is all I can say about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's still big and he's still been productive. He's some, there's still going to be interest in in Allen Robinson, despite the fact that it went poorly. In, um, uh, in in Chicago. And the other thing that was pointed out, I, I don't, I, I'm really confused as to why there was a question about this, but Eric DaCosta did indeed in, confirm that he intend, anticipates picking up Hollywood Brown's fifth-year option. It never made a lick of sense to me why people were pretending like there was some world in which they wouldn't pick up the fifth-year option. Like, that, it was n- nonsense, frankly. The idea that a really productive football player wouldn't be worth it'd be somewhere in the neighborhood of 13 million dollars might be 14 that would be the number it's one thing to have a conversation about whether or not you're going to pay hollywood brown 20 million dollars a year let's we absolutely can have that conversation or whatever it is that he thinks he's going to get on the free agent market like we can absolutely talk about that and i'm probably going to line up with you guys there's no world in which i'm doing it but the idea of not paying a really productive football player this is where we all think we're smarter than we are where we're like you know he He's been a little disappointing. He hasn't exactly been a number one wide receiver in the NFL. Right, which is why you're not paying him number one wide receiver money. $13 million ain't number one wide receiver money, Chief. It ain't close. Got about $10 million to that. Yeah. The notion that you're not paying a highly productive wide receiver $13 million is crazy to me. And at the bare minimum, if you've decided that you're going to move on from Hollywood Brown at some point, then it buys you another year of team control to explore trades. And I'm not suggesting the Ravens do that this offseason. I've thought about that a good bit. Like, you can always say, hey, get it when, try to make a trade when you have the most value to trade with. But I think that you run that back for another year. As he's been productive and he's been helpful, I would do it for another season with Hollywood Brown and go try to win. And then if you've decided after that that you're definitely moving on, then I would look to move him next offseason knowing you've picked up that fifth-year option so the team that acquires him gets him at a more favorable number. I, I, this has been one of those things that's been made into a thing that never made a lick of sense. There was never any world where it would make sense for the Ravens to not pick up Hollywood Brown's fifth-year option. That's what you do when someone's garbage. 
Like when someone can't play at all, you decline their fifth year option. You say, this guy, we don't want him, we don't think he should be in the league. Hollywood Brown's been a really good football player. It's a problem that we have here. We have this issue where because he hasn't been DK Metcalf and he hasn't been AJ Brown and he hasn't been Debo Samuel, we pretend like Hollywood Brown stinks. And it's not remotely true. I get it. There's reason to be disappointed about the pick in context of who it could have been. These other got four other receivers in that class have all been studs. You throw in Terry McLaurin as well. Studs. There are other guys that were in that class that have also been pretty good. Four guys have been superstars. But Hollywood Brown's been a highly productive player. How's Hollywood Brown doing in comparison to the uh, first-round uh, receiver the Ravens took before him? Remember Brashad Perryman? We, we've we gotten a little lost in having this conversation about Hollywood Brown. He's been a highly productive, solid player for this football team. He just hasn't been the rock stars that other teams drafted in the same year. And yes, I would have preferred to have had A.J. Brown, I assure you. I would have preferred to have had Debo Samuel, I, in hindsight. I would have preferred to have had Terry McLaurin or D.K. Metcalf. But not picking up Hollywood Brown's fifth-year option, that's been just a farce, man. That's been something that people have just thrown out for the sake of talking. It's the type of nonsense that we do to get attention on Twitter. There is no world where it made a lick of sense for the Ravens to not pick up Hollywood Brown's option. If um, anything else that particularly interesting pops up, we'll talk about it more during the course of the show. I saw that he um, he's had sit-downs with uh, Calais Campbell about possible extension, but he's acknowledging they need to get younger on the defensive line. And that's, you know... Nothing. That's nothing. <laughs> like, yeah. what, I mean, what, it, it, it's, what, uh, we parse through all this. They, they'll say a lot of things about a lot of people, and a lot of it will sort of be everything that we knew beforehand. The Ravens would, of course, love to have Calais Campbell back. He's still a quality football player. Calais mm-hmm. Campbell's got to decide, one, if he wants to keep playing, and then, two, where he wants to keep playing if he does. Like, do the Ravens want to When you've got a good football player, you absolutely want to have more of them, right? Like, there's absolutely a, we want to have more of that guy. But you also acknowledge that Calais Campbell's not a five-year plan. He's not an option for a long term. If you're bringing him back, you're bringing him back for a year mm-hmm. to, 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 again, run it back, to give yourself the majority of what you had a year ago to go about trying to um, win a Super Bowl next season. And then you move on from it after that. All right, we'll continue to monitor what's going on with Eric DaCosta and talk about it as warranted. Today's show is brought to you by Live Casino and Hotel. Of course, there are still some spots available for the big game if you want to watch at Live Casino and Hotel in the FanDuel Sportsbook and Sports and Social. Delicious menu and that live betting cannot be beat. The opportunity for you to watch the numbers move, race to the window, race to one of the 51 self-service kiosks, get your bets in during the game and there is no atmosphere that is quite like it. Live Casino and Hotel and the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook now open in Hanover, Maryland. When we come back in, we're introducing new segments today. We're trying something out. Papa Cass. We put her on the spot. We said, you got to come up with your own young utes. And so we've got two things we're going to try, and we're going to see how we feel about them during the course of the morning. It's Glenn Clark Radio. 
Duffy's Garage is a family-owned and operated car care facility in beautiful Baldwin, Maryland. An authorized Maryland inspection station and Napa Pro Care Center with ASE certified techs. Tell them that Glenn Clark sent you and receive 10% off your service with a max discount of $150. You gotta trust where you take your car, so take it to where I take mine. Duffy's Garage in Baldwin. Duffy'sGarageMD.com from all of the biggest games to the smallest events, make every bet worth your while at MyBookie. Start by doubling your first deposit instantly with MyBookie's first deposit bonus up to $1,000. Double your money before you even place a bet, and all you have to do is sign up and deposit using the exclusive promo code PRESSBOX at MyBookie.ag. If your first deposit is $100, MyBookie adds $100 so you can start with $200 to play with. If your first deposit is $1,000, MyBookie adds $1,000 so you can start with $2,000 to play with. With tons of great games and prop bets to take advantage of this week, there is truly something for everyone. Don't wait any longer. Head to MyBookie today to redeem your double deposit bonus so you can start winning big today. That's promo code PRESSBOX to receive double your first deposit instantly in your account. No hassle, no wait. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. It's another cold winter here in Baltimore, but this time there's no hot stove to warm you up. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, and while there may be no activity in the world of baseball, I'll still be here every week with my co-host Zach Goodman to give you all the latest in the CBA negotiations as teams look to get back on the field in time for spring training. You can watch us live every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon at youtube.com slash pressboxonline or facebook.com slash pressboxsports and listen at pressboxonline.com slash radio. So tune in every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon for the latest in baseball coverage right here on The Bataround. Glory Days Grill's winter seasonal menu is back with comfort classics like their house-made meatloaf and short rib grilled cheese. It also features the center-cut sirloin with grilled shrimp, the char-grilled pork tenderloin, grilled meatloaf sandwich, smoky thigh wings with Alabama barbecue sauce, and a Brussels and bacon appetizer. All of these items pair well with Devil's Backbone 8-point IPA or their anniversary IPA brewed by Devil's Backbone. And try their seasonal cocktails, Blood Orange Burger, Bourbon Cider, Apple Ginger Mule, and Captain's Hot Cider. Find out more and get your order in today at glorydaysgrill.com. Great food, good sports. Window Depot Baltimore provides the highest quality Pro-Via windows, doors, and siding for all budgets. The best is finally affordable. Call them today for a free in-home consultation at 410-941-3499. They also offer Zoom and FaceTime consultations in an effort to practice social distancing. A proud sponsor of the Tyus Bowser Show, you can find out more at windowdepotbaltimore.com. We can't imagine why you'd want to, but you can watch GCR live. It's at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. And try to guess whether these guys are wearing any pants. All right, back in here on GCR. Again, John Feinstein coming up in about 30 minutes. Before we do that, we are going to try on for size some new segments today. Um, as our friend Papa Cass, we assigned her, we tasked her as part of her internship. We said... Need to come up with your own young youths. Need some, and she presented me a bunch of different concepts. She she, she you know, went home. She workshopped a few different things, and presented me like six or seven ideas. And I said, "There's two that really stand out to me." And so we're gonna try them. We're gonna see how we feel about them, and then we're gonna settle on one. We're gonna pick one, and we're gonna settle on it. And that's gonna be your segment that you're responsible for moving forward. So I say first today, Papa Cass, we try. You know what? Let's try top five first. So Cassidy presented the idea 
of I do a top five. Now, she presented it like broadly. She was like, it could be like top five best football players. And I was like, nah, it's not what we do here. We don't, we just don't do that type of thing. But I like the idea of you giving us a top five. I like like Cassidy's top five. It's 2 a.m. and you need to go get food. These are your top five 2 a.m. food options. Something along those lines. And that we can, it can spur a bit of debate amongst us in that way. So Cassidy's top five is the first segment that we're going to introduce. We're going to see how we feel about it as we have the conversation. Cassidy, what is the first topic for Cassidy's top five? Okay, so I did one a little bit like um, for arguments. I knew he was going to be here, so I was like, this one he can probably have a lot of opinion on. But he, remember, not everybody's watching. Some oh, people right. just listen. Little Jordan. Right, I'm Lil sorry. Jordan. Right. Um, so remember, it's Lil Jordan, not Lil, Lil, Lil Jordan. Jordan. Lil okay, Jordan. I got it. Yeah. Um, so I did top five pieces of film or TV everyone loves, but I hate. Top five pieces of TV or film everyone loves, but I hate. Okay. All right. Okay. I'm listening. I feel like I'm going to be upset here. I, well, the, fir- <laughs> the first thing that jumps off my mind, if I was doing this list, I, I will never in my life understand the appeal of the Big Bang Theory. Uh, there will either. never be a day. Me there either. will never be a day that I will ever understand that. And I don't, again, that's unfair because I don't hate it. This is the interesting part to me. You say you hate it. Yeah, these are ones that I hate. Because I don't, all right, all right, eh, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. All right, okay. what's number five on your list? So number five is 13 Reasons Why. I don't know what that is. It's a TV show on Netflix. And it's pretty much about this girl and her, like, uh, 13 reasons why. Like, it's tapes about her, like, uh, suicide. Oh, Jesus. But it's, like, it's, really dark. Why do you hate it? It's, it's, God, that's it's, an awful It's thing. a really sad show. I liked it. I, I, thought f- it. I thought it was good. The first season was good. The subsequent seasons, I think they've had three other seasons since then, have not been great. Who's it for? It's for, it's, I would It's say. not for me, no. right? Okay. No, it's no. not for me. No. But I just think, I only watched it because one of my favorite actors is in there. But like, it was <laughs> Who? the part, the, oh my gosh, I guess maybe job like The main one of, guy, one oh of, my gosh. One of her favorite actors. Yeah, whose name, now I just forgot whose his name. name she'll come up with any day now. Who does he play? The main guy. Oh. I've never seen him in anything else. How have you not seen him in anything else? All right. I just keep, I forget his name. Why. 13 reasons why. Again, keep He's in going. a band, too. Oh, my oh, gosh. Oh, I'm sure. I can't remember his name. Uh, is it uh, Dylan Minette? Yeah. Is that his name? I think so. Well, you, I don't know. How would I know? She, she turned to me. Yeah, right? Uh, it appears, though, he is in a band. Yeah, he's, it's him. He's in a band as well. Dylan Minette. I don't yeah. know anything about this gentleman. I'm oh, sure he's nice. Cool. He's the singer and the rhythm guitarist in the band Wallows. Yes. Ah, Wallows. Wallows. Nope, nothing. Got nothing for that. It's a good band. Okay, so you you hate it, though. You don't. Yeah, I hate the show. Why do you hate it is the... I just, like, I could not get into it. It was too vulgar for, like, no reason and, like, had so many, like, disgusting things, like, that just did not need to be in there. Like, there you say disgusting? Um, I don't know if Jordan will know the scene, but the one in the bathroom stall with one of the guys, there's, like, in the broomstick. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I, yeah. I cried. I watched it with my mom, and I didn't know. Like, we didn't know it was coming up, and we both, like, were just on a couch at 12 o'clock bawling our eyes sounds, out because we were like, what awful. is the going hot on? The hot tub scene is pretty awful. It's awful. Mm-hmm. It's just, like... It's targeted towards young people, and like that is like such a vulgar way to like show young people like what the world is. Like it's kind of like 
it was just so much packed into one show, mm. and I just it's did very not graphic. like it. Mm. And it represented depression and so like. So, Jordan, why do you like the program? Not well. I I, I just found I I I watched it during quarantine. Okay. Me too. And so I. I don't know. I was just like this. It, it was interesting. All I right, guess. All right, uh, all right. We'll move along. Number four. Um, it's a show called Too Hot to Handle. Okay, I. This is the show I've, that I've wanted I've to look at. I wanted to look at this show. Look <laughs> no. at the very attractive people that appear to be yeah, on this show, yeah, yeah. right? Like yeah. it's appealing. I've never spent any time with it, but the images that I've seen make it a, seem appealing. It, mm-hmm. it feels like a. Now, why do you hate it? I think I. I usually don't like reality TV shows. It just depends on like the reality TV show mm-hmm. that's playing. Um, but for this one, it's just like you pack a bunch of just like unrealistically like hot people, and the drama. Well, now, hang on in a second. It, what makes them unrealistically hot? Okay, but think about it. They would never choose someone on the street that's just generic. Like that person has to be but looked like they were this, made. In, that's the that, point of the show. Isn't yeah. that kind of how the world works? I mean, Cassidy? Like, yeah, but like it, it's just the way I can't stand watching it. Like I cringe at the way they act. Because like, I they're just, too like, attractive. No, no, no just because okay. they're like. So what is the premise of the Too Hot to Handle? It's pretty much a group of boys and a group of girls, and they, like, can't touch each other. Like, they can't, like, they, like, aren't allowed to, like, be, like, you're not allowed. The whole deal is, like, trying not to, like, sleep with each other. Okay, wait, so you win if you don't have any sex? Yeah. Well, now, wait a second. (laughs) (laughs) High school Glenn would have been <laughs> cleaning up on this show. Would you think it would be easy? You would think that would be easy, but like it no, was I, I get like it. You're young and you're attractive, and there's other attractive people around. I assure you, I understand right. why it would be difficult. So, like, all right. So, so what what does each episode entail? Are they putting them in like compromising positions in order to try yeah. to like? Yeah, and they're like, I actually see why this might work. I 100 okay. percent see why this but would be a popular. I'm, maybe I'm program. just different, but if I got put in a house and got offered that much money to not have intercourse with a guy, I'd be like, okay. First of all, they're like at a beautiful house with like a pool, mm-hmm. and no, by the way, no one swims in the pool. That really confuses me. Like, no one actually goes and swims in this pool. And nobody actually eats these, like, five-star course meals that are presented Well, they're very attractive people. They're trying to, like, you know, know, keep their figure. but, like, if you're putting food in front of me, I'm eating it. Well, I'm with you on that. This is where you you and I would be like-minded. I would just be down there for the feast. All I have to say over there, I'll sit here with stuff on faces, and we'll win the money. All I have to say is I think that I will never get picked for a show like that because I'd win off the bat. Like, I would just... I would have but that's be no probably that they, they probably act, do their research and they make right, sure they don't right. get someone. But like, still, <laughs> like, you could totally lie to get on the show. That's true. Yeah, that's right. True. Like all I do is just have sex all the time, and then you get there and you're like, I'm just here for the food. That's, that's it. Just, that was my middle just, name. Just here. Paul Sex Valley. <laughs> and I follow <laughs> some of them that. like on TikTok and I've Instagram. been to Sex Valley by the way. <laughs> 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 I follow some of them too because I was like, oh, they're like, there's this one guy. I was like, oh, he's pretty attractive. But like as soon as I saw him on social media as soon as i saw any of them on social media i instantly lost like all attraction to them like getting to know who well, they were just was like on, oh I, my god okay but i agree with that but that's the concept of trashy reality tv right is you put attractive terrible people <laughs> although we all do love paulie d he's not a terrible person I okay love but i like paulie. jersey shore yeah. Yeah. like so i like that person. show it's, i watch that it show. means a lot to me in my life tyus bowser and i are going to go t- spend the night at the jersey shore house we're planning a whole party around it um I am I I could see the appeal of it. I could 100% see the appeal of putting attractive people in a house somewhere. Right, and there's a lot of drama. So like a lot of people like that. They like the drama, they like the I I get it. 
I get it. I, I don't have I don't have time don't like really it. to include it in, into my viewing list. <laughs> it would not break through um, right. the chaff, but I, I get it. I get it. Number okay. three. Um, oof, I feel like Jordan's not gonna like this one. Mm. Um, the show you. I I watched it a little. I watched the first season. Is Cassie's mic low bit. for some reason? We need to bring up uh, Ca- uh, Cassidy a little bit. Uh, bring that up a little. I don't know why. Yeah. Go ahead. I I watched it a little bit. It it. I it's love a solid show. I love. I, 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 love, I hate I like admitting it. how much I like you. Really <laughs> I love you. Mm. I I didn't want to like it at all. I'm like, this is not for me. This is for chicks, and I couldn't turn it off. <laughs> like I said halfway through the first season, I'm like, this show is garbage. I'm not going to watch it, and then I couldn't stop. And I am caught up. I am through every season of you. At I this was point. I was so upset at the end of season one. <laughs> I was like, are you effing kidding me? And then season two starts. I'm like, okay. And then I got to season three. Everybody said season three is the best season. It's really good. I am really struggling to get through it. Really? I don't know why. I'm just really struggling to get through it. I it, only liked the first season. And then once I kept watching, I was like, okay, this is so repetitive. Like, we get it. They're crazy. They stalk people. You know, I get it. It just was so repetitive to me at that point. I, I Well, I mean, they threw you quite the swerve in season three where they thought you were going one way, and then they went a completely different way altogether. I, I hate how much I like it. I hate myself for it because <laughs> it is trash, man. This show is so absurd. It's dumb. It is definitely for chicks. It is 100% a show for chicks, and I can't stop. Wa- and again, I blame Tyus Bowser for this because he one night was talking about it, and I'm like, all right, I guess I'm going to have to go watch it. And then I couldn't stop it. I'm all in. And they successfully get you to root for Joe. It's amazing how they he's do that. Psychopath he's psychopath. He's a for psycho him. murderer, and you're rooting for the man. <laughs> you're like, no, I don't want you to get caught. I want you to keep going. <laughs> keep <laughs> killing people and getting away with it. Yeah, you psycho. <laughs> they somehow managed to pull it off where you're like, no, I don't. They, it's close, and you're like, oh, no. Oh, no, he's going to be found out. They're going to. All right, he got away again. <laughs> That's exactly I don't know what how is. they do it, man. Exactly I don't know how they manage. It's because they make the other people so unlikable that you're like, ah. There are people you're rooting. You're like, I hope he kills. Uh, her. Yeah, I am kind of happy that he killed the trust fund guy. <laughs> like, I'll give that to the show though. If you can create a show where you like the killer. That's kind of a good show to make because, like, he's actually a psychopath he's and, like, not a good guy. But one, then you're rooting for him. He's so 1,000% a psychopath. 1,000% a psychopath. And yet you find yourself rooting you for him. You kind of buy into his justifications. It's you're remarkable. Like, I can oh, see my. where your head's at with that. Right? Um, okay, number two. Okay, so before I even say number two, I have to say this. I watch the show. Okay. I'm addicted to it, but I hate it. It's really weird. I can't explain it. For what it's worth, that's sort of how I feel about you. (laughs) I think it is the dumbest (laughs) show. I can't stop watching. I can't. talking about her for a second. Oh, no. Yeah, right. I hate Papa Cass. I just hate her. Bring her around. I just am addicted to it. It comes out every Sunday, and Euphoria is a popular show. I think it's like one of the most popular shows out right now. Lil Jordan's all in. Lil Jordan obsesses over Euphoria. I hate the show. I hate it so much. Okay, so... It is, it's clear that it's so ubiquitous at this point that I need to watch. I need to watch just to know what everybody's talking about because it is, it has reached that level in, in the, um, the pantheon or whatever I'm trying, the zeitgeist. It has reached the level where like I'm, I'm being left out. I don't feel like when Peyton Manning did that Emily in Paris bit on Saturday Night Live, which mm-hmm. was wonderful, I didn't feel left out that I hadn't watched Emily in Paris, right? Like it was yeah. the first time. Good show. I'm sure it yeah, is. Good show. It's, Love that show. I'm good. I'm going to pass. Like, okay. I'm just not going to join. <laughs> but I'm at the point now with Euphoria 
where literally everyone on the planet is talking about it except for me. Like I walk into a room and everybody is talking about Euphoria, and I'm like, hey, I'm I'm over here. You I've guys like football? Never seen it it's just it so crazy that you kind of like have to watch it because you even see any clips of it. You're like, oh my, like there's no way that that is even yeah. in a show right now. And so you watch it and like obviously I watch every Sunday and I keep, I'm up to date on it. But like I just like can't stand the show itself. Like I don't know who thought to like create it this way. It's very, it's a, again, it's very attractive people, correct? Yeah, it's, it's very, it's, it's very, it's very attractive people and it, has you on the edge of your seat throughout because it's just like is you're it like, a you're like there's no hang way on a second. This is happens. it a thriller or a drama though like it's mm, it, I, could, would say, I would say both yeah I, I I would say it's got aspects like there's violence of involved oh yeah. yes yes oh yes. yeah it's like it's drugs sex drugs yeah money, I'm on board all of that violence. all of that violence which not, is not, nice not not like hardcore violence but is the premise of the show like solving the violence or the violence is just part of telling the story the violence is part of it's it's document it's like trying to over exaggerate high school life in america yeah i'm pretty much saying like the use of like drug like drugs am i just yeah. feel this alcohol. is the this is the real question am i going to feel awkward watching this show I mean, because no. i'm a 40 year old man there's like, a lot is it gonna make of, me uncomfortable? there are a lot of body parts at show. Yeah. I'm talking at least. But like, am I going to feel uncomfortable? Like, I think I'm watching 16-year-olds and I shouldn't be doing no, it. I mean, no, they, I, they, no. They, they, they all very clearly look not, it's like the typical casting yeah, for Yeah, they're, they're all 25-year-olds. It's like, like, like if you've ever watched, like in my time, it's like Degrassi on steroids. I never watched Degrassi. Okay. I never watched Well, it's it. like Degrassi on steroids. And, and it, I mean, it's every character has something wrong. Like there, there's not one character in the show that's like a decent person or like kind of like. My okay. wife was obsessed with Dawson's Creek as a child, which yeah, means nothing. I know Dawson's now. Creek. I mean, I've watched Dawson's you. Creek. Would she like Euphoria? Would this be like okay? Dawson's Creek. What about nine hundred two one zero? Okay, there's a good the original comparison. or the remake. The original. the original. Okay. There's no remake. There is a remake. I know, but there, it's not. Yeah, we try to pretend it's not the same. Yeah, right. Um, I would probably say it's closer to 90210 because Dawson's Creek, like, yeah, I would say 90210 is a better comparison than all right, Dawson's all right, Creek. All right, I'm listening. At some point, I'm going to have to I look just at think it. I'm going to have to. People of older generations, like, like they're but not you, used to it. They're you, not used to that much because my parents, I watched the first episodes with my parents because my parents were like, let's watch a show called Euphoria. It just right. came out on HBO. And I was like, okay, first scene, like, just everything out and i am you know i'm not gonna sit with my dad on a couch yeah, it's watching, uncomfortable i hear you, you know it's, sex scenes like it's not my thing i was told there was a, a lot of the the male genitalia yes, in this particular a program lot. a lot of that i love how in 902 there's a lot of in pam and tommy by the way a lot awful lot of that in pam there's and tommy. a talking penis in pam there and is that's the thing um i i love how in 90210 luke perry and gabrielle carteris are both clearly in their early you're, to mid 30s you're, you're, you're talking there is no I'm talking to you correct at, there is at, no at, chance at this point none th zero. they're both clearly in their early to mid 30s He's playing 17-year-olds. 100%. I watch 90210, okay? Do you know who Luke Perry is? Yes, or didn't he pass was, away? Was, yes. He, he played in uh, Riverdale as well. He was the dad on Riverdale. Look at that. Dad. Look at that. Yeah, I know my 90210. Look at you. Once Upon a Time yes, uh, in Hollywood. His, uh, his son is a very successful professional wrestler now. Mm. It's a true story. Jungle Boy from AEW is Luke Perry's I used to have a crush on him. I uh, cried Luke when he Perry? passed away. Mm. Yeah, oh, I was wow. so upset. Yeah, Buffy the that? Vampire Slayer. Yeah, All right, and yeah. number, but you still you watch Buffy. you watch Euphoria despite yes, the fact that I, you hate it. You watch yes, it. Yes, I watch every Sunday. All right, and number one on your list. Number one is a movie. It's the top movie I don't like, and it's the Titanic. I don't blame you for that at all. 
It's a terrible movie. I know, but it's I just know a lot of people picture. like what? are like, oh, oh the Titanic. Yeah. Like, I, I'm, I've <laughs> seen that movie 137 times. It was, it was, I'm, I'm with it was a moment in pop culture history, but it was a terrible no. motion picture. We actually started watching movie. it last night. It was on TV last night, and the Why? wife and I started watching it. And I actually did turn to her and I said, Babe, I can't do it. I, it's, I've seen it too much. I gotta an, put something but else it's, on. It's an awful film. It was always an awful the film. The only it person was, that made it tolerable was DiCaprio, in my opinion. It was hilarious that it won Best Picture yeah. because, like, essentially all they were saying was like, "You, you went for it, so we're gonna credit you." You know what I mean? Like, they really they spent this absurd amount of money in building this this set and all this stuff. The movie itself, the script, the dialogue, it's. It's sea level stuff. I mean, it's it's awful. And the end scene, I can't. Hater. Pisses me off. I turn it off. I will turn off the movie if it, if someone's like, "Let's watch you the mean, Titanic." I will walk you mean out of the room because she kills him. Is that the because part you're talking about? Because she's sitting on this big door. <laughs> yeah, and she's clearly and just, just like, and he's and he's like, it can't be both of us. And she's like, oh, that sucks. And it's just like, <laughs> like, like drown, die. I'm gonna it's go like, right back to rich ass Billy like, Zane. You're not like, even gonna <laughs> attempt to try to fit both. Well, of I don't blame you. He did try to get on the door and he fell off. Okay, no. He tried to get on yeah. the door, a, and he fell off. He, and okay. they that was a the door. He gave up no. pretty easily, he dude. Gave, he he gave up. Well, that's on him. Like that's not on Kate Winslet. You leave Rose alone. No, little Rose. on Kate Winslet, too. There wasn't a whole lot of effort made. Kate in order Winslet to, probably was like, mm, whatever. Like, you, you're not going to get me to disagree. Do people still care about Titanic? I'm like, that's... Clearly. I was 14 when Titanic came out. They actually came out with on TikTok. It just showed up. That's why it kind of like sparked some idea of Titanic. I was like, oh, I hate that movie. But um, it was like this article about like the theory that the Titanic was meant to sink. Like it was meant to sink because... Um, no, the original was like called the Olympia or something. Some, it was a sister some, ship. That yeah. was a sister ship. This is some conspiracy. No, it, I actually kind there. of agree with it. Oh, I think God. it's true. Oh God, I do. <laughs> I think it's true. I don't blame you for hating Titanic though. Okay. That film sucks. <laughs> That's a terror. It. It's a terrible motion picture. I remember I had to pretend to like it because you know you went with your chick then. Like you're like, oh, it's so great, and she like keeps talking to you about it all the days. Is that what you later. do about the Notebook? Is that what guys do with the Notebook? The Notebook is a way better film. Than I, Titanic. I, I, I enjoy the Notebook. That's a good movie. The Notebook is a, now. I don't like the Notebook. I wouldn't go watch it again. But in comparison, the Notebook is a far. I've seen the Notebook almost as much as I've seen Titanic. Uh, there was a different. What was the picture? Um, a walk to remember. A walk to remember. <gasps> that was the one. That was, that was the one. one for people. My like that was the one where you you couldn't acknowledge how much you liked it. Because it was tremendous. It was a tremendous. I could still sing the Only Hope song to this day from A Walk to Remember. It was that good of a motion picture. I could watch it twice in one day and still cry I, I both times. I don't blame you whatsoever. A Walk to Remember was wonderful. As chick flicks go, it is damn near the top of the list. It might very well be the greatest chick flick that was ever made. A Walk to Remember. The the the, the really like sappy, sad moment towards the end. I, w- I remember the first time I saw it, I was in college. And there was this girl who was like really exuberant and like outspoken and we're all watching it's quiet and everybody's getting emotional everybody's starting to get all welled up with tears and then she just screams at the top of her lungs oh my god this movie sucks ruined the entire second F her man for, it's a tremendous everybody. film she was saying it like ironically because she was actually really into it and was making oh, her feel okay. all the feelings okay. you know what all I mean right. but she ruined the moment oh I definitely like I have been I, I now don't I, different things make things about kids will make me cry because of my kids, right? Like that's what I become as a father. Like there's things in a movie that are in relation to kids, and I'll be like, oh god, I'm gonna I'm gonna start crying. <laughs> like it's gonna be a problem. Um, but at the time, I 100% had to like look away and, and and try to pretend like I was yawning. I don't know what y'all do to try to pretend like you're not crying, but my bit is always the yawn. 
100%. I understand people who don't cry at things. Like, I get it. Like, I understand, like, some people just aren't criers. Right. But if you don't cry at that movie, I don't think you're human. Yeah, like, but, there's a part again, of me that doesn't was, think you're human. I was young and trying to look cool in front of a chick. No, but, like, you know obviously I mean? you like, said that you were going oh, to cry. So, like, at least you ha- you were but going to. I had to. to, like, go through the repertoire right, right. of, like, idea. Uh, oh, I'm not crying. I'm just yawning. That's all. <laughs> just uh, Which I've, I've never cried at any, with any sort of piece of, like, Film, TV, anything get, like that. Get, I, I'm get out of here, no, tough I'm, guy. I'm, I'm Jordan. I, I'm so tough. I, no, I've only the only time There's I no cried way. was when Criminal Minds ended. Was the very last episode. <laughs> what about like Marley and me? You didn't cry no. on that one. Oh my gosh. But no, hey, I, I, I stop. You. Well, why? You cried because Criminal Minds ended. Phenomenal show. I love it that show. It is a really show. good show. I right. love that show. All right, I'm going to do a quick version of Young Utes before the top of the hour. That Cassie, that was good. That was good. I like that. <laughs> okay. We got we spent too much time on it, frankly. <laughs> we'll um but I like that. We I, I like where your head was at. That was solid. We'll, we'll bring back the other one. Uh this segment is also brought to you by Glory Days Grill where the seasonal menu is still available with the smoky thigh wings and the uh, short rib grilled cheese and the house-made meatloaf. It's all delicious. Get your order in right now. Glorydaysgrill.com. All right, go ahead, young Utes, little Jordan. What's number one? So, in terms of jackass, Stevo said that his. Do they, wait, do the Utes care about jackass? No. Okay, I think it's. I, think I you definitely. Lost this one already. I definitely think it's for forty-year-old dudes. I, like, I definitely think. Done. That's why I didn't think you guys were going to want to come when we invited you last week to the school field trip. And as it turns out, I was right. You just, I don't know, my, you just, my, my you just humored me for. You're like, like yeah, like, we're totally no, in. Like, we're gonna have a good time. Six, six of my friends were like, yeah. We I offered to buy the tickets. By Tal- the way, Tal- offered to purchase the tickets. Towson offered free tickets to its enti- entire student body to go see Jackass too. What, what? that? It, it was like an early premiere, like last week. Like, oh, well, that's okay. I, 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 there have been and things. Yeah, Steve, sure. Steve O said that his early college breakup inspired him to do stunt work. <laughs> and because he wanted his ex girlfriend to be worried about him. Oh, uh, okay. No. Actually, I, I really love that story, though. I really do love that story because we all definitely know that we did stupid things. Uh, over breakups when we were young, like insanely stupid things to try to get attention. There was a girl that once complained that I never visited her at work. And I was like, and she didn't tell me until she she broke up with me. She was like, you never once visited me at work. I'm like, you worked at a pet store. Like, what was I going to do? Go hang out? Like, you didn't work at a bar. You didn't work somewhere where I could go, like, chill. You worked in a pet shop. Like, what was I supposed to do? So, like, an idiot that Sunday, I, oh, I can still get douche chills thinking about this. Like, I literally showed up and was like, hi, I'm here now. And it was such a douchey thing to do. And, like, all of her friends are like, who is this creep that's clearly trying to get attention? And I look back on it like, God, what an idiot. Like, what, what was going through my brain that I thought that was something that I should do to this poor girl? Um, I, love, I love the fact. That Steve-O says that's the reason why he did it is because he wanted her to be worried. His, I love that. His exact quote was, the stunts were initially an exercise in trying to make that girl worried that I was going to die. I, we've all been there, man. We have all done incredibly stupid things because of breakups. I love that story. Number two. But the young youths don't care about no. it. No. Okay. No. So, Joe Rogan. Do uh, the young youths care about Joe Rogan? Nah, 
yeah. Okay. Sometimes we'll see though. All right. So the Spotify CEO stands behind the way the platform has dealt with the whole Joe Rogan controversy in terms of COVID-19 and just how there are certain musicians who are boycotting. Yes, probably not the ones the young youths care about. I don't think the young youths are all that worked up about Neil Young and Joni Mitchell not being on Spotify any longer. But, But they care about Joe Rogan. And I know people who listen to him and, and, and want to be able to listen to him. So I, look, man, I, I, I it's whatever. It's the, all of it's weird to me. I, I, what, whatever you're doing, you're whatever you're doing. I'm not in favor of just kicking somebody off. I certainly hope that Joe Rogan's not saying nonsensical things because he does have a huge audience, and I hope that he's not just, you know, feeding them lies and all that. I hope that's the case. But at the same time, I'm never going to be someone who's in favor of saying, you know. You have to fire somebody. You have to do like I. I don't know. I mean, I Spotify as a company is going to do what's right. This is a free market thing for me, right? Spotify decides they value Joe Rogan over Neil Young and and Joni Mitchell, then they do, and that's the end of it, and that's what that company can do. Um, now there's a, there's a point at which like if more musicians bail, then I'm out on Spotify because I don't. I'll never. No offense. I'm just never going to listen to Joe Rogan. It's never going to be something I'm going to care about. But I listen to a lot of music on Spotify, and so if the music that I care about starts disappearing. Paul and I already had to lose Lost Profits. That was a real bummer. We were really oh, upset man. about that. But if the music that I care about starts disappearing, then, yeah, I'm probably going to bail on Spotify and go somewhere else. So at some point, if this continues, they're going to have to sit down and think about it to the point right now where it's two artists. They're like, man, we're, we're good. We'll survive. And number three? Joe Exotic's 22-year prison sentence has been reduced by one year. Okay, so he thought he was getting out. Yeah, he he he, he was trying to say, "Look, I've got cancer." Does anybody care about that. Joe Exotic anymore, oh, though? Yeah. I feel like that ended a long time ago. Yeah, I thank you, thank yeah. you. Oh, Cassidy's yeah. Cassidy's yeah, failing a, you on this a, one. That's a really. I mean, bad if it was something shape. a little bit juicier, then like maybe people would care. But the fact that it's just like yeah, oh, just one, one year, year they'd yeah. be like, okay, I don't really the man, care. The man is cancer. Well, he's, he's trying to... Okay, he's all, he also attempted to kill someone. Like, Multiple people. Yeah, there's, there's that. Pick your poison. <laughs> right, now, yeah, great so. point. Yeah. Come on, walk to remember. Yeah. Cancer's a big deal. I know, I know, but she wasn't trying to murder anyone. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Um, uh, who's playing Joe Exotic in the movie? Is it Seth Rogen? There's a movie coming out? Oh, yeah, yeah, 100%. I didn't even know that. There's a, there's a Tiger King movie. Hang on a second. Oh, my God. Um, and like I'll, I'll I will see I that wa- I probably I would, will, I would, I would was, watch that was, purely because of Seth Rogen there was zippy chance that I was going to watch um, part two yeah season two of Tiger King that absolutely wasn't going to occur but I'll probably look at the Tiger King movie oh Kate McKinnon is Carol Baskin I'm definitely looking at the Tiger King movie <laughs> yep. that 100% yep. is happening that is definitely something I'm doing did you watch the show yes we were, we were all stuck inside our houses we all watched the show like, it was all we watched for the first weekend of quarantine. And then we were like, we need something else. And then about six months later, we realized we were over it. These were all just awful people. They just happened to capture us at a time where we were all forced to sit down and watch because we had nothing else to do. I'm still at obsessed with his, with his music videos, though. Well, I mean, they're, trust me. Like, if <laughs> I die, I definitely it's want... It's so clearly not him singing. Oh, I, very, very clear. I'm just, I have said all along, if I die, I do want someone. I would like if a gay cowboy came and sang about how wonderful my testicles were at my funeral. Like, I would prefer that <laughs> if that were the case. But um, I'm, I'm otherwise out. I will watch the movie. I will do that. All right, you failed this one. I'm sorry, Jordan. Papa Cass passed down. She said two out of three. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. That's a failing grade. Our number one of today's show is in the books. When we come back in, we're going to chat with John Feinstein. That's next. It's Glenn Clark Radio.
Sports fans, the wait is over. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. This is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgambling.com help.org that first sip that first bite mm. starts your day off right with a delicious breakfast at royal farms choose from a fantastic selection of fresh royal farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world at royal farms breakfast is available day and night it's the freshest breakfast in the world real fresh real fast royal farms Duffy's Garage is a family-owned and operated car care facility in beautiful Baldwin, Maryland. An authorized Maryland inspection station and Napa Pro Care Center with ASE certified techs. Tell them that Glenn Clark sent you and receive 10% off your service with a max discount of $150. You gotta trust where you take your car, so take it to where I take mine. Duffy's Garage in Baldwin. Duffy'sGarageMD.com the latest issue of Press Box is available now, and it's our very special annual Best of Issue on the cover. We celebrate Justin Tucker as our Mo Gabba Sports Person of the Year, honoring his historic on-field achievements, but also the unprecedented relationship he shared with Baltimore. Inside, we recognize the top people, performances, and moments of 2021, including Cedric Mullins' incredible season and the dominance of local Paralympic athletes. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. The biggest pro wrestling stars today and all time all have one thing in common. You've heard them on Jobbing Out. Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. Thanks for having us, man. Appreciate it. The great Kurt Angle. Thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. And Matt Riddle. Yeah, man. Thanks, man. The champ, Drew McIntyre. Oh, thank you for having me. The great Ron Simmons. Damn. Keith Lee. Appreciate you guys having me, man. Bill Goldberg. My pleasure. Charlotte. Thank you so much for having me. Mick Foley is with us. This is the greatest name for a wrestling show I've ever heard. MJF. I'm glad you're happy I'm on this show because I'm freaking miserable. Yeah. Le Champion. Chris Jericho. Le Champion. AJ, Aaron, Brandon, and Glenn are talking pro wrestling every week on Jobbing Out. Find it at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Stay tuned. Your chance to win a million dollars is coming up. Probably not from us. You're listening to Glenn Clark Radio. All right. Joining us now here on GCR, he is our friend, the author of Raise a Fist, Take a Knee. And, of course, you also see him on UMBC Basketball Broadcast. He's our buddy, Mr. John Feinstein, and he's back with us now here on the program. John, what's going on, sir? How are you? Uh, I'm okay, dealing with the miserable winter we're having. But yeah, other than that, I'm, I'm hanging in I'm there. Over it, yeah. But I've, I've always wondered this about, like, why don't you just depart to like go watch golf for a couple of months and get the hell away from us? Well, you know? for <laughs> for a couple of reasons, the most notable being that I have an 11 year old. Ah, that does make it difficult. Yeah, yeah that does second make marriage, it tough. Uh, third child. Uh, thrilled, love it, love her, but it does make it a little bit hard to just go away for the winter, even if. If I was as rich as people think I am, my ex-wife <laughs> is as rich as people think I am. Yeah, she did well in all of it. She's done fine. She's done well. 
All right, sir, uh, your response when you saw the lawsuit from Brian, knowing all of the work, all the research you had put in to raise a fist, take a knee, what was your initial response when you saw Brian Flores' lawsuit? That this is exactly what all the guys I interviewed for raise a fist, take a knee were talking about, not just in football but across the board, um, that it is more difficult to get hired, uh, particularly in the NFL, big-time college football, uh, also, uh, when you're black, and harder to keep a job when you're black. That's the, you know, Lovey Smith told me the story about going in uh, to talk to Phil Emery, uh, the Bears general manager, who's a friend of mine from his days at Navy, um, after going 10-6, and six, thinking they were going to talk contract extension and walking out unemployed. Uh, Jim Caldwell had the best record any coach had in Detroit since Buddy Parker in the 1950s, and he got fired. How have the Lions done since then? Uh, David Culley got fired this year after one season. Uh, again, he, he took over when the Texans were in complete disarray. He didn't get one snap out of his best player uh, for various reasons that we know. Mm-hmm. And he gets fired. Uh, they hired him in the first place because they thought if they hired a black coach that Deshaun Watson pre all the uh, – uh, accusations made against him would agree to play for Cully. Uh, and, and it goes on and on. And Flores is, is, is the latest example. And the problem, Glenn, is that the NFL created the Rooney Rule with good intentions um, to get guys in the room uh, to be interviewed for coach and general manager's jobs. The problem now is it's just become a smokescreen. Uh, you, you, you hear all the, this guy's being interviewed, that guy's being interviewed, this guy might be a finalist. At one point, you probably remember a week ago or 10 days ago, Byron Leftwich was supposedly going to be yep. the Jaguars coach. Yep. And now Doug Peterson is the Jaguars coach. And here we are in this current hiring cycle, nine openings, six guys have been hired all white. Um, and so Brian Flores is 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 taking this, public basically coaches have for the most part been quiet about it or you know when i specifically asked a bunch of them they were willing to talk about it but they're already out of jobs at the time they did um and you know i saw a headline in chicago after they hired eberflus as their coach that said eberflus will bring lovey smith principles to job well, why the hell isn't Lovey Smith right. the coach? You, you didn't want Lovey Smith, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, right. They wanted a young white guy, and and uh, you know, I know a lot of people don't want to hear this. I knew when I wrote the book, a lot of people wouldn't want to hear this, and I, you know, I get tweets all the time saying you're just trying to, you know, make race an issue. Uh, Tony Dungy said it to me very well when I interviewed him for the book that when he brings this up, he said, you know, the two of the last twenty hires in the NFL have been black. It's now two of 26. Uh, and when I bring that up, people say, why are you making race an issue? And he said, I'm not making race an issue. Race is an issue. Right. It'd be nice if it wasn't, but clearly it is. So, and, and John, I think, I feel like um, to, to have the, like, the reasonable conversation, there is a, I think people, you should be capable of acknowledging, okay, simple math alone says it's obviously an issue, right? Like there's no debate about that whatsoever. I think the follow-up becomes, but what do we do? Like, you can't force teams so you have to hire black coaches, right? right. Like, you can't and, – and there's not like there's an Adam Gase. Obviously, if Josh McCallum gets hired in Houston, that's, you know, that's, that's absurd. 
but it, it you know Brian Dable is a very qualified coaching candidate, right? Uh, like, right, deserves and, the job. And there, nobody is saying there aren't white coaches who are qualified uh, to be uh, head coaches, but it it it, it, you, it seems like you're starting out with a disadvantage if you're a black coach. Why hasn't uh, Byron Leftwich gotten a chance? Why hasn't Eric Bieniemy gotten a chance? Uh, why did Brian Flores get fired after going ten and six and nine and eight with a quarterback he didn't want? Um, you know, and, and the the excuses always come out. You know, through anonymous quotes. Well, reported reportedly, he didn't get along with Chris Greer, the general manager. You think Bill Belichick got gets along with everybody? You think Bill Parcells got along with everybody? John Shula. Yeah, I mean, right? go back through history. Vince Lombardi. Correct. If you're good, you're good. And, and, and Flores took a team that started 1-7 and seven with a bunch of injuries. They didn't quit. They won seven in a row. They got in contention for a playoff spot, and then they finished half a game out of the last playoff spot, as it turned out. And, um, so he's a good coach. And what I think set him off wasn't so much being fired, although I'm sure that started it, but the fact that it was clear that he was being put on the list of interviews for teams – just to satisfy the Rooney rule. And I'm sure the Belichick texts were the breaking point when Belichick thought he was texting Brian Dayball, another former assistant of his, and it was three days before Flores was supposed to interview. I mean, clearly, so his interview with the Giants was clearly a sham. No matter what John Mara says, it was clearly a sham. And that's probably what set him off. And that, that to me, is going to be the crux of the lawsuit that he, it's not a he said, he said on that issue. It's here are the texts, read them and weep. And you're right. And that's that, you know, when I, again, when I was doing the book, I asked both Tony Dungy and Mike Tomlin the same question. Why has Roger Goodell refused to talk to me? Cause I never had any issues with Goodell when I dealt with him in the past. And, uh, every other major conference, major commissioner had spoken to me, including, um, um, Rob Manfred, who I'd been very publicly critical of mm-hmm. for different things at the time, he still spoke to me. Um, and I said, why, why won't Goodell talk to me? Because I, I got an email from Goodell's PR guy, Brian McCarthy, that's almost word for word the statement they put out after the Flores law, lawsuit. Hmm. Oh, the commissioner's just so busy trying to work on issues of diversity, he doesn't have time to talk to you. You know, that's baloney. To use a polite well, well, I mean, they hired Jay Z, John. So I mean, and they hired yeah, they they hired Jay Z to, to to fix diversity. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly, um, and it's, like, clearly he's fixed it. Right. Um, but what Tony and and Mike said to me was the same thing. Roger's embarrassed. They both think Goodell would like to fix this, would like to see it get better, but he doesn't have the power to do it. He's making forty four million dollars a year. He's not going to go go to war publicly with his owners because then he won't be making forty four million dollars a year. And, you know, so he could get on the phone and say, I think you should consider Byron Leftwich. I think you should consider Eric Bieniemy, But he can't make anybody hire someone. And that's, and that's the issue with all that. Because, John, I think ultimately, John Feinstein's with us. Again, raise a fist, take a knee is available right now. We'll link it up at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter. I do think that ultimately there's going to be a settlement, right? The NFL's not really yeah, going to Yeah, they don't want discovery and right. they don't want, you know, Mike Tomlin and, and Tony Dungy and, yep. and Lovey Smith and all those guys testifying in court—that's for sure. So, but when they go to the settlement, you know, they've already, what what more can they implement? They've implemented the Rooney Rule, right? That was supposed to be what solved this, and as you pointed out, it clearly hasn't because so doing it's just giving token interviews that right. 
you know, are, are interviews for the sake of interviewing. So, so what else can they do? And I, and I, I hate sitting here because we're talking about. It. I hate saying I don't know, but that's where I am. I don't know what more well, they can Glenn, do. I don't know either, and yeah. I wrote a book about it. Right. You know, <laughs> and and that that's that's and and all the guys I talk to, very smart guys, they don't know either, because you can't force a bunch of white billionaires to do what they don't want to do. And, you know, the Dan Snyder case is a perfect example. I mean, clearly they should throw Snyder out of the league. Um, the evidence is they, overwhelming. They really let him stand up there on a dais the other day. Like, yeah, and, and they, don't, they don't want to, to mess with him. They don't want litigation. They don't want him trashing them, which he would undoubtedly do. So, you know, Jerry Richardson, people say, what about Jerry? Jerry Richardson was like 82 years old. And he got two billion dollars for the team, which they probably it probably wasn't worth or two point five. And so he went gently into that good night. Snyder ain't going gently into anything. And that's it's the same thing with saying to the owners, whomever whomever they are, you know, I mean John Mara is supposed to be one of the, you know, distinguished owners in the league. He's not Dan Snyder. And and yet clearly he's lying right now, saying you know that uh, he that that Brian Flores was a candidate until the eleventh hour. No, he wasn't. They'd already decided who they were going to hire before they interviewed him. And John Elway's non-denial denial. Well, we were on a plane all night. That's why we look so terrible. We'll schedule the interview differently. Right? Maybe. You think if they <laughs> right. said to Brian Flores, "Listen, we need you to fly to Chicago and meet us halfway," he wouldn't right. have done it? Right. Correct. Or we we got to push this back a couple of hours or something. Yeah, literally at eleven in the morning instead Correct. of seven thirty because we've got an interview the day before. Or schedule right. your interview the day before earlier. Whatever. I mean, it's not like NFL ownership and 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 GMs and CEOs don't have flexibility in their schedules. They do. All right, John Feinstein with us on GCR. Um, John, I, I, I read your column last week about the Maryland basketball search, and, and you and I have already talked, and we share the opinion on a certain couple of names, and you know, I, I'm, I'm stunned by how Ryan Odom's name hasn't come up at all during the course of this. I'm like, I, you know, I think he's I brought a, it up. I, I, I know you did, and you know yeah. how I feel about him. Like, yeah. the guy's an unbelievable coach. I can't, I can't fathom why he wouldn't be more involved in this conversation. Um, because Maryland people think that, you know, a coach who's been at UMBC and Utah State is beneath them. I wish, you know, and that's why you have a lot of Maryland boosters pushing for Patino. Yeah, you got to get Rick Patino. You got to oh get God. Rick Patino. That's the guy. That's that's who you should go. Who hire. will be seventy years old before next season starts and comes with more baggage than an airplane? It's unreal. It's unreal. Um, there is. I, I am in agreement with you about Andy Enfield as well. I I think that's a good hire and someone who clearly has connection to the area and would seem to care. There is an argument made about Andy en- Andy Enfield. Well, when he hasn't had his only real success at USC has been when he had like a generational talent and he had to hire the kid's dad in order to be able to get him. Right. Is he really a good coach or is he a guy who had one really good player? Well, I, I would say that John Thompson III would say he's a really good coach. Um, going back to that Florida Gulf yep. Coast uh, run in the NCAA tournament, which is what got him the USC job. Uh, you know, most coaches, and I once asked Dean Smith, what's the key to being a great coach? He said, great players. And, and, and it's true. I agree. I mean, it doesn't matter who you are. If you don't have really good players, you're not winning. Yep. And um, so I, I, I think Ed, Coo- Ed Cooley doesn't have generational players. He's 19-2 and two right now and has been consistently good at Providence. Uh, Kevin Willard has been cons- – I didn't mention him in the column. I probably should have – has been consistently good at Seton Hall. I think – and Ryan, 
you know, uh, Ryan didn't exactly have any, any NBA players on his team when he beat Virginia in the NCAA tournament. Uh, and remember, they, they won seven games the year before he got there. And they were consistently won 20 the five years he was there, 20 or more. Um, I think any of those guys would be good. And what, what worries me is the fact that the first thing uh, Damon Evans did was go out and hire a headhunter. Yeah. I mean, I, what is an athletic director's job? if not to hire coaches, specifically at a place like Maryland, the football coach and the men's basketball coach. That's his job. Yep. And I, how can Gary Williams, at, at, at least until this moment, Gary Williams hasn't been consulted. I, I, it's stunning that Gary Williams said, like, hey, by the way, I would have been willing to be your interim coach, too. <laughs> and yeah. Like, I'm, not, yeah, I'm not sure Gary wouldn't come back for a year or two. Right, he, I to, mean, I had breakfast right with him the other day. Looks great. He feels great. You know, he's going to be 77. Yeah. I, I, I think that's probably a stretch. But if he came in and turned around and said, okay, Ryan Odom is my coach in waiting or whomever. Right. You know, Juan Dixon, let Juan learn under Gary for a couple of years. He could probably use that kind of tutoring. Um, but whomever, that you could do a lot worse. Let's put it that way. John, like Rick you, Pitino. Uh, I was talking to Len Elmore uh, not that long ago, and he said that within the alumni base, there is a frustration that since Juan – there hasn't been an alum on the staff and that he doesn't feel as though there's been a priority made. And he's, and he's not just him. He's saying he's speaking on behalf of a large group, but there's been a priority made for the basketball staff to, to be Maryland people, or to at least reflect Maryland people and care about Maryland. Do you think that part of this matters? Not saying it needs to be the head coach, of course. I think it matters everywhere. Okay. I, I don't think it just matters at, at Maryland. I, I think having people who can say, this was my experience at the school. This was my experience playing for coach whomever. I mean, again, I know Maryland people love it when I bring up Duke, but Shashevsky hasn't had a non-Duke grad on his staff since Mike Gray left, right. which is 25 years ago now. Uh, they've had decent success. Now a lot of that is because of Shashevsky. We know that. But, but I think it, it's imperative for any coach at any school to have at least one alum on his staff, you know. I mean, if I had been Mark Turgeon, my first move would have been to, to, to hire Keith Booth, right? You know, who was coaching at the time, and who was on Gary's staff. And I, you know, it didn't have to be Keith Booth, but he he would have been a good name. He's a great guy, a Maryland grad. You know, only brought honor to the school. Yep. Um, so yes, I I totally agree with Len on that. I, I, look, I. I'm in a tough place because my first answer is go get good coaches, right? It's sort of what I say all along. Go get good coaches. But, yes, you've got three spots for an assistant coach. Why in the world couldn't one of them be a Maryland alum? And the number of Maryland alums who probably would have been interested, you know, how, how you think Dwayne Simpkins maybe would have taken that job at some point over the years? I would you know, suspect so. Right? He's been a coach, too. Of course. Taj you Holden know. probably would have liked the chance to have done that when he was taking a gig at Monmouth. I, I think there would, there would probably be a spot that could be available um, on your staff for someone who cares about Maryland and who wants the job and is trying to get into coaching. I don't think it's nonsense for Len to say something like that. Whatsoever. No, I think he's right, as I said. And it doesn't matter whether it's Maryland or any other school. One of the reasons that Army's football program turned around was because Jeff Munkin was smart enough to hire some alums. Right. Guys who involved. could say, yeah. say to not only the recruits but kids in the program, look, I know what you're going through. Yep. I yep. understand. I was up at 530 in the morning, you know, whatever it might be. Um, it, 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 every school is different. Every school has has unique qualities, 
and only someone who graduated from that school can truly understand those unique qualities. John, before I let you go, we're about to, um, I, I'll, I'll let everyone know, our next print issue of Press Box is going to be celebrating the 20th anniversary of the, the Maryland championship run. And I've talked about this a couple of times where I don't, I just don't know if I believe that Maryland as a program can do this again. I, I, a lot of people talk about this being, you know, this is the standard that a coach should have been living up to in terms of Mark Turgeon. And I'm not trying to defend Turgeon or anything. Like, I moved on from that conversation. But it's more, I just don't know if it's practical for a school that literally still doesn't have a practice facility. I just don't know how serious they are about being that type of program and competing for championships. Do you believe that this hire should be judged by a championship type of standard? I think if you've done it once, you can do it again. But I also think... A lot of people have forgotten what an amazing job Gary did. That's right. why he's in the Hall of Fame. I mean, he took over when the program was at its low ebb, post-Bob Wade, post-Len Bias. Um, they were on probation for two years. He had to rebuild almost from scratch um, and rebuild to the point where they had become a consistent NCAA tournament team. They went 11 years in a row uh, and then went to back-to-back Final Fours. I mean, he did, an, a, he did a, a stunning job. And can you hire a coach as good as Gary? I don't know, because there aren't that many coaches out there as good as Gary. Um, But if it's been done once, you can do it again now. A couple things have changed since Gary was the coach. They're not in the ACC anymore. And the Big Ten's a great league, but Maryland's tradition and its rivals are all ACC rivals. You know, Michigan State comes to town um, earlier this week, and the building's almost half empty. Um, and Michigan State is as good a program as there is in the Big Ten. And now I know Maryland's not great, but there were years when Maryland wasn't great. When you think there are any empty seats when Duke or Carolina came to sure. town? Sure. Absolutely not. Sure. And so I, I think that uh, it's unfair to hold a coach to Gary's standard, but I also don't think, and, and Maryland's put far too much into in you know, uh, financially into football because they're trying to compete in the Big Ten. Um, but it, it it doesn't mean Maryland can't be successful. Turgeon, remember, whatever you want to say about Turgeon, and people have said it all, two years ago, he tied for the Big Ten title. That's it true. It was a three-way tie, but he did tie it's for the true. Big Ten title before the season was shut down. It's true. So it's not like Maryland was at the bottom of the Big Ten. It's not like Maryland is Northwestern. No, or no, or, Ru- or, or even Rutgers, who's had some success in recent years. Right? Rutgers, like, Rutgers has had some success yeah. recently. Yeah, I think Steve Peichel's done an amazing job there. I agree. I get, I get it, John. I just, I, I don't know that assuming that Maryland can go right back into the conversation of being a, a power in college. No, basketball. not right back right. into it. That's for sure. Yeah, I think that. No, I think that, that's there's tough. work to be done, yeah. and who, you know, again, it's a different time. There's the, the transfer portals become so important. NILs are, are a factor at the Power Five level. Um, again, playing in the Big Ten uh, isn't the same as playing in the ACC. All the money that's been spent on, on football and trying to convince people that they can compete in the Big Ten in football, it, it's, a different, it's a different job than the job Gary had. There's no doubt about it. At Jay Feinstein Books on Twitter is how you follow him. Go pick up, raise a fist, take a knee. John, is there anything else I can plug for you, man? No, I appreciate your plug and raise a fist, take a knee. I, I, I will say I'm, I'm been thrilled with the reviews the book's gotten so far. People seem to get it. And the Flores case, like I said, is kind of a culmination of all the reporting that yep, I did. No doubt about it. John, always appreciate it, my friend. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes right, for us. Good to talk to you. Cheers. John Feinstein checking in with us on GCR. Appreciate him doing that. 
Today's show is also brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and by a Toyota.com. Make the most out of every day in a Toyota RAV4, available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. From Jeff. Jeff says, uh, Glenn, you were talking about Hollywood Brown earlier, and I probably tend to agree with you. I guess the only thing that I would say is at some point, if you are going to sign Lamar Jackson, do you just not have the cap space in order to pay $13 million to someone like Hollywood Brown? No, I, I get what you're trying to say, Jeff, but the way that they would structure Lamar Jackson's deal would not, that the timing of that one year, that would be an impact on whether or not you could sign him long-term, 100%. But for that one year, no. Lamar's real money wouldn't start kicking in at that point. So the answer to that question is no, but I get what you're trying to say. Hey, there's a, a huge event going on this weekend. Um, the state of Maryland is actually the center of the professional wrestling world. It's like literally every professional wrestler on the face of the planet is going to be in our backyard. To tell us a little bit more about it, he is our friend from Great Eights Memorabilia. Our buddy Chris Ruling is back with us now on the show. What's going on, dude? How are you? Glenn, what is going on, man? I feel like I'm in a fishbowl watching this rain fall out my window. Bro, okay. It is Way, it is, uh, way better than snow, bro. <laughs> like, imagine how yeah. much your life would have been thrown into upheaval if it had been just a little bit colder right now. My God. Um, Chris, you you are, of course, the event is even bigger than the part of it that you're doing, right? Like, I know that. But my God, what is happening? I still think there's a world in which people don't fully understand how nuts Baltimore Celeb Fest 3 really is. Yeah, it's um, it's really blown up. You know, during the uh, pandemic, uh, we had the first event and uh, had a great turnout. And the response was tremendous and people kept asking for more. And so with uh, Celeb Fest 2, uh, partnered up with MCW Wrestling and actually had the uh, MCW did a show there um, at the Benfield Sports Center. And for Celeb Fest 3, uh, with it being Super Bowl month and Super Bowl weekend uh, coming up next weekend, we're taking over the whole weekend. So it's two locations down in Hollywood, Maryland, the Hollywood Fire Hall. Uh, there's also going to be an MCW show after that. That's going to be on Saturday. And then on Sunday, the LaFonte Blue, the historic LaFonte Blue um, in Glen Burnie uh, will be Celeb Fest, Celeb Fest 2. Um, and the lineup is absolutely tremendous. Adam Cole, MJF, so many WWE Hall of Famers. And of course, we have our grade eight stable that will be at both days of the event. Okay, so it's two different groups of people on both days. And one is like the, the, the stars, the, the women's stars. And then the other day is all sorts of people run everyone down. And because you guys are doing something amazing, you got a flat price available for people to meet all of the, the folks and what you're calling the grade eight stable each day. Yeah, I'll tell you one thing, Glenn, and you've probably you've you've experienced this with the Tyus Bowser show. You know, trying to do anything during COVID, um, and especially when you have a massive ice storm that's wiping across the United States <laughs> right now, keeping things intact, the card is always subject to change. So we had to make some some maneuvers with our lineup. So on Saturday, we will have AEW star Thunder Rosa, uh, Taya Valkyrie, who was just on your show yeah, uh, out, as, yeah. a, as a guest. Great interview, by the way. Um, she's awesome. I'm all stocked up on sugar-free Red Bull. Right? Her. She's awesome, um, by the way. She's just, Taya Valkyrie is a, a 10 and a half. I've always loved yeah. Taya. Uh, we'll have the professor, professional wrestling, Serena Deeb, and also the beautiful people, Velvet Sky and Angelina Love. And then on Sunday, we had to mix things up a little bit. Bully Ray is out uh, for 
reasons out of our control. But replacing him is going to be King Switchblade and the leader of the oh, Bullet cool. Club, Jay White. Very cool. Um, also, uh, we're going to have C.J. Perry, uh, formerly Lana from the WWE, will be there. Her first ever Maryland appearance. Uh, we have the Santana Ortiz from AEW, Serena D. Taya. Uh, beautiful people, and as well as the dealer Ninja Mac, who has an awesome match that you will not want to miss at MCW, where it will be Ninja Mac versus the Shamrock Cup winner, Action Andretti, and Jay Lethal in a triple threat match that is just going to absolutely That's be really cool. steal show. That's really cool. So it, it, flat prices for both days to meet everyone in the Great Eight stable. Still, yep, those tickets have. still available? Yeah, there's a couple left. Go into greatapesmemorabilia.com. 300 bucks gets you everybody. You can, you can meet all the women. It's, it was 200 but since we had to mix it around, it's now down to 150 um, on there as well. So there's a few of those left. You know, we don't, you, know, you don't have to buy multiple tickets for the kids to get their separate pictures. Come get your family Christmas card done with you know, Santana and Ortiz. You know, bring, bring everybody out. Um, it's it's going to be a great time. It's so fun that the world's going to be opening back up. Now the AEW is on the scene. I mean, just wrestling, just, it's just fun again. And um, I'm really excited. Hopefully you can make it down, Glenn. I'm trying. I want to bring my kids down on Sunday. I'll, I, you and I will talk about it. You and I will have a conversation off the air about that. But um, hey, Also, also real quick, um, we did have a limited edition artwork uh done okay it's going to be signed by all 10 members of the grade eight stable we're only doing 20 of them they're going to be 200 bucks okay and you can go on grade eights memorabilia.com and get them all proceeds will go to the leukemia lymphoma society oh. um it's you know we we uh, were actually honored to be um given the privilege of being a, a nominee for a man of the year uh, for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society this year. So we're going to start this big campaign. You know, I know you'll be part of it, but this is just a, a, just a little uh, thank you that we're going to give to our fans. Limited edition artwork autographed by all 10 for 200 bucks, only 20 of them being made. GreatEightsMemorabilia.com. That, that is phenomenal, man. That is phenomenal. All right, again, go right now, GreatEightsMemorabilia.com, with the number 8, GreatEightsMemorabilia.com, to get your tickets for the meet and greets this weekend at Baltimore Celeb Fest 3. Chris Rowling, um, let's talk. I know you got some other very cool, um, a little bit different events coming up uh, related to, like, movie screenings, and we're going to talk more about that because I think they're phenomenal. Uh, you know I always love you and appreciate what you guys do and what you're all about, man, uh, and I will be in touch about this weekend, but enjoy it, dude. I, this is such a cool thing that you guys are doing. Yeah, it's every wrestling fan in Maryland, man. Make your, there's people traveling from all over the world, all over the United States to come to this. Represent Baltimore. Come on out, hang out with all your favorite stars, and watch some uh, local great wrestling. Uh, Chris, appreciate you, brother. Talk to you soon. Chris Ruling, Great Eights Memorabilia. Again, go to GreatEightsMemorabilia.com with the number 8 in order to find out more. If you missed it this week, Stan the Fan and Ross Grimsley held a baseball roundtable on Monday night. And then last night, Stan and Gary Stein caught up with the Athletics' Jeff Zrebeck to talk some Ravens. Both those shows available right now. Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. Click on the Videos tab or go to PressBoxOnline.com slash Video. When we come back in, we're going to head down to Mobile, Alabama. Spencer Schultz from Baltimore Beatdown is down at the Senior Bowl for this week's draft segment. What's he seeing? Who's he interested in? We'll talk about that next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. That first sip. 
That first bite. Mmm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. The latest issue of Press Box is available now, and it's our very special annual Best of Issue on the cover. We celebrate Justin Tucker as our Mo Gabba Sports Person of the Year, honoring his historic on-field achievements, but also the unprecedented relationship he shared with Baltimore. Inside, we recognize the top people, performances, and moments of 2021, including Cedric Mullins' incredible season and the dominance of local Paralympic athletes. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. Sports fans, the wait is over. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. This is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgambling.com. Help.org. Window Depot Baltimore provides the highest quality pro via windows, doors, and siding for all budgets. The best is finally affordable. Call them today for a free in-home consultation at 410-941-3499. They also offer Zoom and FaceTime consultations in an effort to practice social distancing. A proud sponsor of the Tyus Bowser Show, you can find out more at windowdepotbaltimore.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. If you miss anything, don't forget that you can find whole shows later on Spotify, Apple, or Amazon Podcasts. It's Glenn Clark Radio. If you're not playing underdog fantasy football, you are missing out. Um, uh, right now, it's been a struggle. Lil Jordan's struggling uh, right now with underdog fantasy football, but he's still playing because it's a lot of fun. That's the point. Even if you lose, you're still having fun. It still gives you that thrill. We want to be able to bet on our phones and our computers, but we're not able to just yet in uh, the state of Maryland. You can play underdog fantasy football, and when you make your first deposit, use the code PRESSBOX, and we will match up to $100 underdogfantasy.com let's head down to mobile alabama joining us now from uh, the baltimore beatdown and sb nation he is spencer schultz and he is live at the senior bowl spencer what's going on man how are you hey glenn pleasure to speak with you how it's, you doing it's good to chat with you i'm going to ask you i don't know if you understand why this is an important question but i'm going to ask you a very important question spencer do, do you know who john glenn is John Glenn. Mm, God no! Oh no! Oh no! Uh, are, you t- are, are you referring to the the like engineer and astronaut? The a- and- yes, the astronaut, one hundred percent. That's who John Glenn is. All right, all right. You did better. When Jake was in here one day, he legitimately had no idea who John Glenn was. Like, not a clue whatsoever. And I was like, dude, I I don't know. I can't look at you quite the same way. I can't. I can't quite. Hang. Oh, this is a good question. We do have two interns here. Do you do you guys know who John Glenn is? 
Yep. I just looked it up. Oh, for F's sake! I give up! All right, sorry, Spencer. This doesn't inv- involve you. Cassidy? <laughs> no, Jesus, not at all. I, I, have to, I need to leave this place immediately. I got to get out of here, man. I got to get out of here. It's not for me anymore. All right, Spencer, let's talk about what you're seeing down at the Senior Bowl. Um, I, I know, the, I think that as far as names that could be connected to the Baltimore Ravens, I feel like Trevor Penning's name is sort of one of the headliners that's actually there in Mobile. And I know that there are still people that think that's a reach for him to go that early, but what you're seeing from him in particular, if the Ravens really are in the market for a tackle, is it possible that he could be in play as early as number 14? I would say that 14 might be a little bit high for Mr. Penning. Um, He does have a little bit of stiffness to his game. He tends to I have a little bit of trouble with rushers. I'm not sure how much more he's going to develop. Uh, I think that he will develop a good bit, but the aggression, the finishing, uh, his anchor, his play strength, his ability to down block on gap runs, which the Baltimore Ravens love to run, are all going to be definitely very appealing. And he's a University of Northern Iowa boy, and those guys are nasty. Spencer Brown coming out last year did some pretty nice things for the Buffalo Bills. He yep. actually picked one pick ahead of Ben Cleveland last year. And I feel like the Ravens probably would have liked to have Spencer Brown over Ben Cleveland there. But Penning is someone that is going to bring a tenaciousness wherever he goes. And that's something that the Ravens lacked ever since Ryan Jensen left in free agency a few years ago. So Trevor Penning at 14 might be a little bit too rich. But I think they could maybe do a little bit worse. And I think he's a guy that could come in and play quickly. Kind of reminds me of Taylor Lewan down in Tennessee in some ways. Maybe a little bit less athletic or a good bit less athletic overall. But uh, just has that nastiness to him. Wants to compete. Wants to win. Uh, wants to protect the quarterback. Is Penning definitely a tackle at the next level? Yeah, I think Penning is definitely a tackle. Okay. Only so, to quote uh, Bill Parcells, there's only so many guys at that size that can right. move at that rate. Right. So I, I think you're going you're gonna to have to play him there. I think he might be a right tackle ultimately. Uh, best suited there a little bit more so with his tenacious play style. But I think he's definitely a tackle. So is there an offensive lineman that you've seen this week that, that could be an option as early as 14? Or are these all, you know, Daniel Philales, are these all guys that we're talking about? if the Ravens were to trade back or, or more second round, third round, somewhere in that neighborhood. Yeah, down here in Mobile, I don't think there's anyone that really is going to be a confident check of the box, especially considering the Ravens have only drafted this high once previously in John Harbaugh's tenure. So um, I, I don't think there's going to be a, an offensive lineman down here that is going to check that box. But there are a, a couple of really nice options on day two. And uh, someone day three as well. All right. He is Spencer Schultz. He is live at the Senior Bowl down in Mobile, Alabama. Spencer, give me, run me through generically. You know, even separating from what the Ravens' needs are, who are the guys that have been down there that this week that have sort of changed the? I, Quinn Miners, of course, jumps off the page at me, right? Nobody knew who Quinn Miners was in the world as of the Senior Bowl. I mean, maybe you did, and, and the nerds did. You know what I mean? Like, but like the general public had no idea, and all of a sudden, you know, everybody was in love with them. Who are the guys that have been down there that have done the best and the conversation is going to start shifting towards them in the coming weeks of draft season? Well, the first guy that I should say in the three years I've been covering the Senior Bowl is Remain Johnson II coming out of Florida State by way of Georgia. He had the best performance, I would say, on day one, and, and it translated right through day two. I think I've seen overall in these last three years a first-round kind of border fringe, first-round guy, if you're looking at media boards and things like that. Some have been the first, some have been the second. Absolutely dominated in every way, shape, or form. His bull rush is out of this world. He has explosiveness off the ball. He has prodigious length. He is well-built at about 6'4", 260. 
Uh, he's got that explosive get-off. He can win inside. He can spin around you. He has enough bend to be able to swipe or rip and angle his body so he can win the corner and win around the outside. He put Darian Kennard from Kentucky, who's a highly revered you know, power pass protector and power run blocker on his backside immediately when they went best on best uh, to finish day one. And he has a what I like to call the, the trifecta as a pass rusher. He can go through you, he can win inside, and he can get around you. And he also is really, really an impact player against the run. His game tape says the same thing. Uh, he was able to, to shock and lock out and beat you up in the run game. He has enough pursuit speed to be able to make plays in space. So he really had an outstanding uh, first two days. I wrote a summary for Baltimore Beatdown after the first day and said, uh, if I were him, I, I don't know. There's really no reason to come back and do anything else. Yeah, just leave, one. right? <laughs> yeah. So he, he was that good. And uh, after the second day, he dominated again. And lo and behold, the third day, there was no injury. He just hung up the cleats and said, I'm, I'm good here. I, I showed what I have to do. So I think that of everyone here, uh, he was definitely the one who could be in play for the Ravens at 14 and really uh, just has a – tenacity to his game that pairs so well with his athleticism. So I would say he definitely stole the show. It, a lot of conversation that's been coming out of the Senior Bowl has surrounded, uh, surrounded uh, Malik Willis, the quarterback from Liberty. And again, somebody would say, well, that doesn't impact the Ravens. They're not in the market for a quarterback. But the conversation that is relevant, of course, when you have the 14th pick, you know, if, if somehow three quarterbacks go before you, it's really like you have the 11th pick if you're not in the market for a quarterback. Is, has the week been that good for Malik Willis that at this point he is moving uh, ahead and maybe into that territory where he could be someone that could go in a top 13 pick? I think Malik Willis will be a top 10 pick. It is a quarterback-driven league. There are quarterback-needy teams, and his tools are unteachable. In today's NFL, we've seen coaches become more permeable and flexible and want to adapt their offense to the skill set of the quarterback or of their players in general. And Malik Willis is drawing a lot of Josh Allen comparisons. There is a rawness to his game in some ways, but the ball flies on off of his hand differently. Uh, he's got incredible velocity. He continues to, on boots and rollouts and things of that nature, really sticks with it and has the athleticism to be able to make plays outside of the pocket. You can see him starting to make plays as a processor, checking down able to make some throws over the middle and intermediate. And he can, he obviously has a deep ball as well. And he has a really interesting conversation because Liberty was a team that propelled into, you know, being ranked and having some national spotlight because of him and the talent around him was not that of the, some of the competition that Liberty played against, especially their out of conference schedule. But he ultimately made plays and, you know, had to carry the load and it got a little bit too big for him. People look at the, the box score scouts, look at interceptions and things like that. But Blake Willis is a really special talent and you want to take guys for what they can do as opposed to what they can't do and develop around them that way. And I think Willis will ultimately end up as a top 10 pick and that will help the Ravens yep. if at least one, maybe two quarterbacks goes ahead. No, it'd be very good news, right? It's very good news because it leaves more guys on the board that they might like. Um, who else? Who else has jumped off at you? You know, maybe not the same way Jermaine Johnson, but who else, Spencer, have you said this week, I've, Maybe you've changed your opinion about them a little bit. Not even you know talking about a guy who's a first-round guy necessarily, but someone who is maybe a bit more on the radar for you moving forward. Certainly. I have a little bit of a draft crush on Jalen Petrie out of Baylor. He played a star position, which is a safety nickel, kind yep. of like what Jalen Ramsey is playing for the Los Angeles Rams, a lot that's gotten so much traction in the media this year. 
And Petrie is just tenacious. You think of Elijah Molden out of Washington last year who ends up with the Tennessee Titans and playing significant snaps for them. You think of Tyron Matthew. He has incredible football intelligence, incredible physicality, despite being about 5'10", 190, 195. And he's able to make plays consistently in the box. He can cover really well. He is ultra-physical and competitive with tight ends, forces them to make really difficult catches and tight windows, and uh, is able to just consistently make plays on the ball over and over again. He has a really strong IQ and really strong feel for routes developing behind him. He has a feel for where quarterbacks want to go. He has incredible eyes. He has really quick, incredible, uh, on-point eyes that has the athleticism at the same time to be able to be patient. Um, You see him when he takes leverage inside. He is patient with his inside leverage. You can't win inside on him when he takes inside leverage. So he forces receivers to go outside and then Bates throws and is able to make a play on them. He has a knack for catching the ball, actually, you know, four interceptions Mm. in a Mm. season and is able to to, uh, score two touchdowns last year. So he's he's a playmaker. He makes plays against the run. He's a great pass rusher and someone that I definitely think would fit really well into the Ravens defense or really any defense because of his ability yeah, the Ravens could use a few more turnovers. I think we know that. That's uh, that is really intriguing in in that way. Anybody who's gone the other way for you this week, Spencer? Anybody who's been like, "Eh, this is somebody I I was really interested in coming into the week, and now I'm saying to myself, I I I I don't know. It did not show well." Uh, one for Panarian Mathis coming out of Alabama. I was expecting him to come in and really dominate in one on ones and as a pass rusher. And he has a ton of length. Uh, was was kind of following that similar path that we saw from Christian Barmore in last year's cycle coming out of Alabama being kind of de facto leading interior pass rusher and just didn't quite definitely will be able to be a strong run defender and has a ton of length and um, he he wasn't terrible you know he he was able to make some plays still but just lacked the juice a little bit maybe there's an injury there maybe there's uh, you know something going on exhaustion something of the sort Alabama wasn't playing too long ago but uh, was someone that I was expecting to see a little bit more out of and ultimately didn't come away from this week thinking, wow, Fedarian Mathis, wow, that's the guy right. that maybe gets first-round buzz or you know, is, is going to be a top-40 pick, but maybe that's still the case. And to your point, obviously the, a defensive lineman that can help with some interior rush is certainly an area that the Ravens could be in the market for as well. So boy, you know, we'll, we'll continue to monitor that. All right, Spencer, let's separate from the Senior Bowl. Give me right now, you, you mentioned the words draft crush. Are, are you falling in line anywhere right now at the moment that you're saying – this is the guy that I am. I am. I'm leaning to in the early stages of the process. The guy that I most love with the 14th pick in the draft. Yeah, um, it's it's difficult at this point in time, but I think that David Ajabo and mm. Jermaine Johnson, who I mentioned previously, are really interesting options for the Ravens at 14. Uh, it's tough. Everybody wants an offensive lineman, but I think that Charles Cross and uh, Iki Aquanu, as well as Evan Neal, are likely going to be off the board yep. by then. Yep. Um, so it, it's going to be a tough, tough conversation there. But if the Ravens can add another defensive playmaker, someone that can finish and they can continue to build around and put on the other side of Adafe away to have that kind of uh, Suggs and Doomerville youth version is something that they've been trying to put together for a long time. So those two definitely have my attention. And then, of course, Ahmad Gardner out of Cincinnati. Uh, another one I'm looking at is Andrew Booth out of Clemson, a cornerback that I think has a lot of similarities to Marlon Humphrey and maybe not quite as physical or consistent a tackler, but he has way better ball skills and I think is flying under the radar right now as a guy that it was a five-star recruit and uh, played some really good football for Clemson, has incredible feet, incredible balance, is able to press, is able to 
uh, make plays against the run and against screens and things of that nature. I think he's a, a sleeper option for the Ravens at 14 there as well. I know opinions are kind of all over the place about Ajabo, but uh, it's, it's really hard to ignore. Like, the you know, the, the guy that's running the defense knows exactly how to use this guy, right? Like, really, it's really difficult to ignore that component of it, man. Like, it is just hard for me to dismiss that altogether. And, um, I, you know, I know, I get it. He hasn't been doing it for three years, but my God, they, they knew exactly what they were doing a year ago. And if you can replicate that at the NFL level, that sounds pretty friggin' good to me, my friend. So that sounds like a good thing for the Baltimore Ravens to be dealing with. Pretty, pretty, pretty yeah, good, right? quote Mr. Larry Dean. Very, very much so. Hey, uh, Spencer, what, what are people be finding right now with Baltimore Beatdown and your coverage down there, the podcast, the whole deal? Uh, what can we get plugs in for you? Yeah, absolutely. The Baltimore Beatdown podcast, you can find it on any RSS feed, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or on YouTube, anything. Anywhere you can get a podcast, we're there. BaltimoreBeatdown.com. It's getting into draft season. I kind of like to use the Senior Bowl as my springboard to get into my actual report. So those will be coming at BaltimoreBeatdown.com. You can find me on Twitter at Ravens4Dummies. That's the number four. Most in clips pretty much daily of prospects, you know, trying to get in the weeds here, figure out what guys can do, what guys can't do, and where guys might end up going. Um, right now, a little fixation on Daniel Fulaley coming out of the Senior Bowl. Very interesting prospect to me. So I've been diving into him quite a bit. And that's all my good work, my friend. I appreciate you having me on. Thank you so much. It's good to chat with you. Let's get you by the studio one of these days, all right? And we'll make that happen when you get back to town. Thanks for taking a couple of minutes for us, all right? Absolutely. Sounds good. Thank you so much, Glenn. Have a great day. Spencer Schultz from uh, Baltimore Beatdown. Appreciate him checking in live from the Senior Bowl. All right, we're winding down for a Friday edition. So earlier in the show, we introduced the first uh, segment they were going to attempt with uh, Papa Cass. Now we're going to get to the second segment that we're going to attempt, and then we're going to make our choice as to which one we like better. So the first one was Cassidy's Top 5. This one, I really think we're going to have some fun with. And Lil' Jordan, you'll be able to play along as well. The segment is called, Did This Really Happen? And the story, you know, we did uh, finish this yesterday. That's when we did did the, uh, the urethra story with the foam yesterday. Cassidy is going to present us a story. And we are going to have to choose whether or not we believe it's an actual, legitimate, real story that she found somewhere on the interwebs, or if she concocted the entire thing in her brain, wrote it out, and it's not real whatsoever. We have to decipher through and figure out if that's the case. So Cassidy, present us this story. Did this really happen? Okay. So, in an article from the Daily Mail, I found, stated something interesting with the headliner, man has sex with snowman, drunk, and loses his genitals from frostbite. So, the article states that there is occasionally a rare breed of sloppy degenerates when drunk. For example, take a 64-year-old Canadian man named Kenneth Gillespie, who was found by authorities drunk, half-naked, and screaming next to the remnants of a five-foot-tall snowman. After he was taken to the hospital, it was discovered that Gillespie had fornicated with the snow sculpture and as a result acquired a mean case of frostbite on his penis. Frostbite of the penis may sound funny, but it can be very serious indeed, said a hospital staff member. Frostbite can cause infection and ultimately this may lead to, the mem- to a member being amputated. Mm. Many people in the neighborhood were very upset and he became um, indecent, that he became indecent to a child snowman mm. and wanted him to be punished. He left a pile of empty bottles, a wrecked snowman, and a trail of frozen man juice in the middle of the community recreation ground. 
said one neighbor. Sadly, this all resulted to him losing his penis due to frostbite. And if you want to read more, visit the link below. That definitely happened. It's it's real. There's no it, way she that, came up with all those yeah. details and the name like Gillespie. Which, with like, like this is the pe- the only part that I'm struggling with <laughs> is the name. And right? the man juice at the end. No, I don't know. No, no, because all that reads like a story that actually they would write, right? But the, she she read Gillespie when if it's spelled G I L L, it's of course Gillespie. And if she was making the story up, I would think that it would be a name that she knows. And not a mispronounced name. She's playing a good poker See, face, however, the, now. She's playing quite the, the poker face. I, pe- people have sex with their cars. I understand like, that. Like this, right, that's the thing. Like, you, you say that like you know, yeah. by the way, little Jordan. Yeah. You said that a little yeah. <laughs> quite uh, confident. The, 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 the gas tank <laughs> is just the right side. Dude, I have, are we, are, I've are, heard are stories. Are we kink-shaming right now? No, not at all. I'm just pointing out the way you said it made it sound like you know. I. You, you looked a little guilty you as right. you were saying, You're saying it, too. It sounds like something you know about. Like, dude, I've heard. I have heard that there are all these people that are uh, out there having S- sex with cars. SNL or Mad TV definitely did a skit on that where there was it was a blurred out vagina on the back of a car. They definitely did a skit on that. Yeah. You both are very confident this is a real story. Yeah. Yeah. It almost makes me want to guess that this is something. Like, I don't know Cassidy well enough to know how her brain works just yet. The and look she yeah. gave I, me, though, here's, makes me, here's, me doubt. Here's what I'll tell you. Cassidy writes for the village. What is it? The vo- villager? The villager. The villager at Stevenson. So she would know how to construct a story, including quotes, even if they're made up. And I did tell her, and when we were laying out how this segment would go... That's the length that I wanted her to go if she was making something up. So that part of it, I don't think immediately means it's real. I do think that it's possible. And I, I also, when I presented the story to her, I saw some things going in her brain where she was like, oh, and I can, I can do adult content like I can do. She was definitely very excited about the idea of including things like this. I, I'm, I'm changing. I think, it's, I think it is fake. A, because she said man juice in a quote, and B, because she gave me a look when I said it was real that it makes me think that she did I'm, come up with I'm it. I'm telling you, the Daily Mail would, would, would use that. It's tabloid-like. Would use they, that. Like they're, they're a tabloid. They would come up, uh, use a term like that. So I'm not, I'm not as convinced because of that term. I, I genuinely just think you believe th- this would happen... This is Did probably you say where the story occurred? Did you say where the story, like, like geographically, where the story emanated from? Canada. Canada. He's that's, a Canadian that's man. That's vague, though. But it's awfully cold there. Did it say where in Canada? No. It's it's fake. She was just trying to. I just saw her trying to come up with a name. It's fake. I don't know. I do. I don't know. I do. Do you play poker? It's, it's fake. Do you play? My dad does. Okay. All right. Her poker face is good. You think you're convinced? I, I, her, her fa- facial expressions change. I'm, a, I'm a big poker enthusiast, and so, I just think I, I saw a tell. Mm. We'll Ken- see. We'll Ken- see. Kenneth Gillespie. Uh huh. Kenneth Gillespie. Uh huh. That's the biggest <laughs> one for me. That's the biggest one for me is Gillespie because it's spelled G I L L. G U I. G-U-I. So Gillespie. That's I'm going like to, that. because you guys have both flipped, I'm going back to real. 
I'm going back to I was started with fake, but I'm coming back to real because Gillespie's the one. That's the one that gets me mm. because I mm. All right, Cassidy. Are those did, the votes or yours fake? Fake, 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 fake and real. I'm I'm real. Okay. Did this really happen? This did really happen. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> you guys got played. You guys got played. Oh. On a string. That's a good poker face. Oh. Thank you. On a Thank string. You. I would have lost all my money. Definitely looked like you were, you were trying to come up with a name like Saskatoon yeah. or something like yeah, that. Yeah, right. like, No, they didn't give it. Give it a you name tell, again. Tell us where it happened. Nicely done, Cassidy. Thank you. Thank you. All right, everybody's got to vote. Which segment do we want to have as part of the show moving forward? Do we want Cassidy's top five? Do we want now? You know, we do have the option, Paul, because she's here twice a week. Do we want her to do one segment on Tuesdays and one segment on Fridays? I like that idea. Okay. If it was only going to be on one of the days, I think you'd have to go with the shorter one. This one being and the this, more... And, and this one, they're both fun. They were both So if fun. we did on Tuesdays, did this really happen? And on Fridays, because we've got a little bit more time typically, we do Cassidy's Top 5. Yeah. Although we also have Young Utes on Fridays. Keep that in mind. We do have two different themed segments on Fridays. That's all right. Hail, hail, the gang's all here. I'm, I'm not opposed to it. I think we could do it if, and this is not a knock on Jordan, if Jordan picks up his cadence. I think we could do yeah. it. That can All be right. done. That All can right. Be done. You good with that, yeah. Papa Cass? No, I like both of them. They're both fun. Well done, by the way. Well done yeah. on this first one. That was a good find. But it also makes me wonder, the first time it's going to be fake, can you deliver something that quality? I can, can you, guarantee you. Can you write out I, something? Ooh, I nah. could bet, since that, we have a bunch of gamblers Because this is the standard. I'm not, I'm not the gambler. Okay, this well, is the too. standard. The standard now mm-hmm. is what you just read, right? Yep. Like, And if it doesn't sound like that next week, we're going to think you made it up. Okay. Right? So in order to dupe us on something that you make up, I'm really bet intrigued you $10 by it. you'll think that whenever I, whenever I write a fake story. You guys will think it's real. Now we're right. getting money. Okay, now involved. we have to. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. Yeah. Money. Yeah. I don't, hang on a second. I don't know what the NCAA rules are, so <laughs> yeah. we're not going to do this. No money. No, no right. money. Yeah, I, I can't I accept. I don't. Kid. I have no idea what yeah. the rules are for this. It's an NIL era, but I don't want to get anybody in trouble. <laughs> well done, Cassidy. That Thank was a you. very good segment. All right, we wind down for a Friday edition of the show because uh, Paul and I, at least, are going to go see a movie. We're going on a date. We're going on a thought. It was a thought. It was a field trip. It's just going to be a date. We'll hold hands. We'll do the whole thing. We're gonna be the only people it's, in the theater. I'm a good dater. It's gonna be nice. People are gonna be like, "Why did you guys are the only people in the theater? Why'd you sit right have, next to each other? I don't understand. It's because we want to cuddle." Have you ever done the bit where it's like, "Oh, you you want to kiss," and then but Paul and, and I, yeah, no, yeah, every and day, anyone, anyone, every day, yeah, and, every day, and and feel that get, around getting right out eleven and, eleven seventeen every day, and, and like, <laughs> it's just time. <laughs> During our third and break. let's say uh, they say they say no, we're looking at you funny, and you you pull out. A Hershey kiss. No, the, I've never, say, I've no. never done that bit whatsoever. Mm. Never in I, my life. I haven't life either, but have I've read, I've read that. about it. Have and I, it, I think one of you guys should try clever. it. I think it'd be it's, fun. It's like random clever. people, but it has to be random. Yeah. yeah. I, I definitely did the bit. I threw a Christmas party once, and I kept mistletoe in my pocket to walk around with and I would like sort of oh. feel the vibe and oh. see what might happen right and I played that card oh. and I had great success with said bit like it, it did quite well for me because again it's a Christmas party and everybody's kind of feeling the vibe you know what I mean like everybody was sort of in but then the next day a girl that I was friends with that was at the party that I didn't she was like yeah you were called a creep by a couple of people and I was like oh <laughs> That's the risk you take. Oh. 
still had success with it. Still, still worked out pretty well for me. But uh, there was a trade-off for it. That's the way that it goes. Tidbit is brought to you today by the print issue of PressBox, which is available for only another week or so. It's your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town. Go pick up this best-of issue of PressBox with our Mo Gabba Sports Person of the Year, Justin Tucker, on the cover. Go get it right now or read it online, pressboxonline.com slash bestof. All right, assuming Joe Burrow doesn't get hurt in practice, when he starts the Super Bowl next Sunday, he will certainly be, hope so. He will become just the seventh not. quarterback to do so in his second season. Who are the other six quarterbacks who started in the Super Bowl in their second season? And then there's the second part of this question. Uh, ben Roethlisberger. Ben Roethlisberger, 2005. Tom you are correct, sir. Brady. Yep, 2001. Yeah. Second season. So not the second season they started. Their second overall season. Correct. So it doesn't include Patrick Mahomes. No. Was Kaepernick? Was that his uh, second? Colin Kaepernick in 2012. Yeah. yeah. Second season. How many more are there? Uh, three. Three more. Um, their second season. Oh, boy. Second Started in the Super Bowl in their second NFL season. I gotta really dive through who all made mm-hmm. the Super Bowl. Um, like I don't, I, Russ Russell was definitely beyond his second season at that point. Are you sure? Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson. I thought that was his third season. I don't know why I thought that was his third season. Nick, was Nick? No, Nick Foles was no, way after. The other yeah. two guys are Hall of Famers. The other two uh. guys are Hall of Famers. Well, hang on. How do you count Kurt Warner? Kurt Warner. 1999. That was his second NFL season. That was his second NFL. I thought that was his first season in the NFL. No, he was the backup the year before, too. I guess he'd been on the roster. I guess that's true. I don't think he was even the primary backup the year before. Um, And the other one was, I don't know, Joe Montana. The other one was, the other one was. You're in the ballpark, though. Joe Namath. You're in the ballpark. You're saying it's. I, 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 I put these. They didn't play with the same team, but I put these guys in the same category. For me, they're top five quarterbacks of all time. Mar- no, Marino was way. Uh, no, it could have been Marino. Marino. Yeah, Dan Marino. 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 Yeah. In oh, 1984. Yep. Now, the second part of this who of those, of those seven quarterbacks, I'm sorry, six quarterbacks, had the highest rating, quarterback rating in the Super Bowl? In the Super Bowl. Mm hmm. Probably Colin Kaepernick. Yeah. They scored 31 points. He had the third highest at 91.8. I'm trying to think of what they did in their respective. Oh, uh, the, the Seahawks blew him out. W- Wilson. Russell Wilson, yeah. 123.1, totally yeah. despite not being the one who threw for the most yards. Kurt Warner threw for 414 yards for a rating of 99.7. Marino threw for 318, but he also threw two picks. They, really, they, threw, they threw for 400 yards in that game? That was not like a... It was a pretty low-scoring game. Yeah, but, I mean, they kept getting the ball down the field. I guess. I mean, I don't I just remember being a pretty low score. What was the final score in that game? Like 20 to... It was like 27-24. Tw- no, it was been. like... like Wasn't it like 26-19 or something yeah, like that? Yeah, something like that. It was It was a pretty low-scoring game in contest. Uh, the Rams said 23-16 was the score. Like, it wasn't a, a very high-scoring game. That's why I was surprised that he threw for 414 yards. All right, very good. That was Tidbit. Tubular is brought to you today by Live Casino and Hotel. Where else do you want to be? 
you can bet on the Olympics right now. Um, there's hockey going on this weekend. Uh, you can bet on the Pro Bowl if you're, you're really into that. But really, it's about getting your bets in now for the Super Bowl, and you can get to the FanDuel Sportsbook in order to do that. And then if you want to watch the big game and the FanDuel Sportsbook, there are still some spots available. Events at SportsSocialMD.com is the way to get in and get whatever spots are left for the big game. The FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland is the best place to bet and watch live sports. Walk up and make your bet at any of their 24-7 betting kiosks. The 51 self-service betting kiosks are dispersed throughout the property or visit our personal betting windows to place a bet with a sportsbook representative at Live Casino and Hotel. Here's what's coming up this weekend, totally tubular-wise. Um, not a whole lot going on tonight, if we're just being honest about it. You but you really watched the, the football thing last night. You really watched that. I did. Russell Wilson was incredible. You have a problem, In sir. his precision passing, you he was a, incredible. You have a problem. It's so weird. If you missed the uh, Olympics opening ceremony, they're going to re-air it tonight on NBC at 8 o'clock. Uh, tomorrow, lacrosse season gets underway, believe it or not. Navy hosts Mount St. Mary's at noon on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, Johns Hopkins hosts Jacksonville at noon on ESPN3. And Maryland hosts High Point at noon on Big Ten Network+. Plus. As far as college basketball tomorrow, ESPN Plus for Navy Loyola at 5. New Hampshire UMBC at 5.30. Towson's at Northeastern at 2 on Flow Hoops. Coppin State, North Carolina Central at 4. Go to North Carolina Central's website and find it there. Bryant, Mount St. Mary's at 4 on Masson, actually. Uh, and on Sunday, on Sunday, 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 Maryland-Ohio State at 1 on CBS. Uh, the Maryland women play Nebraska at 1 on Big Ten Network Plus. Everything else, go to glenclarkradio.com. Oh, you know, the Pro Bowls Sunday at 3 o'clock on ESPN. The NHL All-Star Game is tomorrow on ABC at 3 o'clock, although I think uh, Alex Ovechkin pulled out of it because he tested positive, if I remember correctly. Yeah. And, oh, you know what? They're doing that NASCAR race at the, uh, the L.A. Coliseum in the football stadium. They're doing it at the – they're doing it literally a, a – na- it's like an exhibition race of some sort. It's not my world, but it's a cool – the look is really cool. They laid down a NASCAR track inside a football stadium, and they're literally running the race on Sunday night. Uh, they're calling it the Clash at the Coliseum, 6 o'clock on Fox. Non-sports-wise, what stands out? Tonight, absolutely nothing. Same thing with tomorrow. Um, it's all Sunday stuff on Sunday. I mean, t- tonight you have Big Brother Celebrity Edition, and you have um, Fat Tuesday uh, original series premiere on Prime Video, uh, if you're interested in that. Uh, tomorrow you have Thousand Pounds Sisters at 9 and 10 o'clock on TLC. Never miss that. Um, and then on Sunday, Sunday you have uh, on AMC. I think, AMC, I, the I, think I went to high school with them, by the way. The, the Walking Dead Origins, uh, Carol's Story at 9 o'clock on ESPN. The 30 for 30 on the Tuck Rule at 8.30. Uh, and then on HBO, Euphoria at 9, The Righteous Gemstones but, at 10. But we hate Euphoria, remember. Yeah, when and then on um, Paramount Plus, 1883, Episode 7. All right, very good. Uh, let's plug your socials. Jordan, where can people be following you? Twitter, SchwartzbergJS, and Instagram, jschwartzberg1. All right, and? Instagram, Cassidy underscore Elizabeth22, and then Twitter, CassidyButler5. Very good. Thanks today to John Feinstein. Thanks also to Spencer Schultz. We'll get that up in the greatest hit section of the Archives. tab at glennclarkradio.com. What's coming up on the bat around tomorrow? Uh, we got Stan the Fan, and then we also have... Have uh, Rich Dubrow from BaltimoreBaseball.com. All right. Very good. We'll be back on Monday with uh, all sorts of fun and frolic. Thanks to everybody at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including Glory Days Grill, Royal Farms, the CIAA Tournament, Great 8's Memorabilia, and Live Casino Hotel. 
Underdog Fantasy Football, Blue Line Canine, your local Toyota dealer, and buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Paul Valley. Follow him on Twitter, at Paul Valley the Third. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram, at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great weekend. Go all the local hoops and lacrosse teams. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks, too.